fresh and exciting. Somebody with a sock personality that'll sweep people right off their feet. Where is he? What is he up to? What other terrors can he unleash at will? Calling your genial host, renowned writer, art collector, and teller of strange tales. What fiendish power did he possess? Where did he come from? Who is this man? The Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network for a Friday. Talk radio the way our founders intended. America, remember folks, 79% of the United States is below freezing because it's too hot. Day 1100 and four. Keep it the Eric in America. Say hello to EZ. What's up? Good afternoon. Putting the heat in heaven. Hey, guys. Double H is here. As usual, Dark History, Hour 3. And on Fridays, Movie Man Mike. Uh, top of the final hour. Your remarks thrown around here and there from the Florida Man Radio app. Alec Baldwin has been indicted uh, for manslaughter in the uh, rush shooting. Never thought I'd see the day that he would have any type of uh, justice. Uh, a massive, this snowstorm, this cold dip, this historic, you know, well, I don't know what they call it, arc blast, whatever. If you bothered to look, you know, you'd have to dig a little deep, but it 14 people have died in Tennessee. Now, given... Three were car accidents, but the car accidents were caused by the snow. Six people have died of hypothermia in Multnomah County, Oregon. Three people died of hypothermia in Milwaukee County. And believe it or not, two died of hypothermia in Rapides Parish, Louisiana, for a total of 25, and it's not over yet. I don't, you know, I could be wrong here. But I don't I don't recall hearing a single story about a heat related death in the hottest summer ever in the history of the world that we just came through. I maybe one. There, there were a few. Yeah, but you know, just just making some observations. That's all. Uh, is, is Sports Illustrated done now? Does that mean because Sports Illustrated says they just told everybody you're all laid off? Yeah, it's dead. Man. That that transgender on us on a cover uh, on one it was the same uh, swimsuit issue that, that some of them were the transgender dude well in a bikini and then the others were uh, Martha Stewart body positive people yeah oh I think wokeness killed Sports Illustrated I mean nobody was buying it anymore and then half their articles are written by AI anyway they're going full AI you think no they're done. You don't fire your entire staff. You're not going to try to sell that name off to something and just call it quits. All you need is a photographer, you know, to take photographs and I have AI do the rest. Just so you're all laid off. So, Phil, Phil, uh, hang on. We'll talk to you after the meeting. (laughs) Phil, you do a wonderful job taking photos. We'd like you to stay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Do you think 
obviously this is this is election year stuff. But who knows who's behind it? But there's an older claim of Nikki Haley having extramarital affairs. And they have resurfaced. Um, I'm sure you've, I don't know, maybe you haven't. But here is the the local report. Um, but she, I'll, then I'll read you. They've got sworn testimony, and apparently, I mean, I'm going to have to put on some porn music to read it to you. Tonight for Michael, allegations of an affair between Republican candidate for governor Nikki Haley and a political blogger are bubbling up again, this time in a signed legal document. Blogger Will Folks revealed new details about the alleged tryst in an affidavit yesterday. News 4's John Eby is here with John the list. John, why did he do it? Well, the affidavit was in response to a request from a group called Conservatives for Truth in Politics. They formed about two weeks ago and are pressuring Haley about issues like her taxes and her personal life. Um, so they claim to be conservatives. This, uh, one of the dudes, William Randolph Folks, 49-year-old consultant who worked with Haley, and a fellow by the name of uh, Larry Merchant, 61, a lobbyist, both attested that in 20, in, attested in 2010 affidavits that had engaged in sexual relationships before her election as governor. Um, and here, I'll read to you from the affidavits. There's a really good one here. As I stated publicly during the time, Representative Haley and I engaged in an inappropriate physical relationship that included numerous instances of inappropriate sexual conduct. Their first kiss was sitting in the parking lot outside of McDougal's restaurant and bar downtown Columbia, South Carolina. The kiss took place early 2007. An evening with friends at a nearby Liberty Tap Room after the first kiss, Representative Haley drove us to the parking lot. Representative Haley drove us to the parking lot. And behind the neighborhood center. And they kissed in front of the McDougals? Yeah. Gross. And then they drove to uh, behind uh, the uh, neighborhood center. They parked for 45 minutes. There, we slid back our seats of her Cadillac SUV so that Representative Haley could climb on top of me. After this first romantic encounter, Representative Haley and I saw each other again repeatedly. Most of these encounters took place in my apartment. A few other romantic encounters occurred in her SUV, including one in the parking lot of the South Carolina Policy Council and her in her state office. Man. The only problem is, I believe her husband was in a war zone at the time. Oops. Here's my point. There's another dude, too. Let me see. His is uh, fairly simple. Uh, Representative Nikki Haley and I were in Salt Lake City attending a conference together in June 2008. Uh, we were both staying at the Salt Lake Marriott downtown. They got a lovely breakfast buffet. Uh, after a night together of dinner and drinks with other participants of the conference, Representative Haley and I returned to the hotel together. We went back to her room. We had sexual intercourse. I spent the remainder of the evening. I left her room approximately 6 a.m. 
I'd like to take this opportunity to publicly apologize to my wife, my family, and my clients. <laughs> I came forward because it's the truth. Is that guy a lawyer? Probably, yeah. yeah. He very, sounded very lawyer. Yeah, he didn't get really into the, the this, this other guy had, had addresses and, and names of places. and mm-hmm. Yep, we uh, entered the room and had sexual intercourse, uh, mainly these three positions, which I have here on a diagram. <laughs> I did attempt the two-finger cul-de-sac Jones. Um, my point is two dudes and one time in a car. You don't often hear... Um, of politicians having affairs that aren't men. I mean, it's or, or, you know what I mean? It's it's because there's fewer women in politics. Obviously, most of them are old hags. Nobody would have sex with them. Um, uh, maybe back in their old days. But Nikki Haley, you know, most people would say is an attractive woman. And I think it. I, mean, I don't know how men feel about it when they hear other men being, uh, you know, cheating with um, uh, if they have uh, or until they want to see what the girl looked like that they cheated with. But I think it has a different effect on I, I do think it would have a different effect on the electorate to hear that a woman did women who bashed her before would say, well, that's her, her prerogative. She's a woman. Uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Some men might think it's hot that they put back the seats on the Escalade and she climbed on top of him. Um, I I don't know. Do you think it'll have any effect? Uh, yes, it will. Negatively, bit. yes. The three-page document was signed by a notary Tuesday, and it folks outlines an affair that he claims began in early 2007. He says he and Haley shared their first kiss in her SUV outside a Columbia restaurant. He says the romantic encounters continued for several months uh, in her car, in his they're apartment. Not gonna, that, and they're not going to say how she, he rolled, put the seats down and she climbed on top of him. Also, they didn't give McDougal's their name, so super uncool. We'll just call him a, a restaurant. Right. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, it will affect her because of the fact that uh, you're right on the. There's a bit of double standards. Uh, the guy will will get away with it for the most part. I think everybody thinks all politicians are uh, male politicians are cheating anyway. Uh, there'll be a double standard, and mainly the funny part it won't be the men that'll be so much. It'll be the women. You think the that, women will be mad. Yes. Hmm. Heather. Yes. We call upon Heather times like this. We need a female opinion. Okay. If you were a big Nikki Haley supporter, and then you heard this story in sworn affidavits signed by notaries about uh, putting the seat back in the Escalade so she could climb on top of him, would you feel less or more inclined or about the same to still support her? Um, Probably less. Would you feel like, hey, she she is woman here, her roar, you know, her man was away and uh, she got horny and had a, you know. That ruins her credibility with me. Yeah. She can't be loyal to her husband. What's she going to do for the United States? Ooh. That sounds like a, 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 a Nikki Haley attack act. Mm-hmm, it does. Oh. If she can't be loyal to her husband who's at war, will she be loyal to the United States? Good for you. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I don't know. These aren't old allegations, right? Or or are they old and just are they they are they just being rehashed? Um, I think it's just more being, they're getting brought out to the light. I mean, these are things that these aren't old affidavits, but now that she's been moved up into the to the next level, people are going to come after her like that. 
Hmm. I mean, that is the one thing yep. you know, when it comes to politics. Oh, you yeah. better uh, have your no s- skeletons or be proud of them. Yeah. Yeah. You are going to be, you're going to get, they're going to look, they're going to get people that are paid plenty of millions of dollars to do nothing but dig up your past. Um, I think what they'll say in the end that it was a, that Hunter High School was a rather poor choice for First Lady Jill Biden to speak to teachers and students about how great her husband is and his, you know, stop for his reelection. Hunter High School in Giant Banner in the gym or wherever they were, they just, they put her podium. I I think it was on purpose. They centered her podium right between the words Hunter and High. Not only that though, they put like a placard yeah. on the podium. It said Hunter High. Hunter High. Someone's got to get fired for that, right? Like, you could have put, uh, you know, uh, HHS or uh, Hunter High School, but you put specifically on the placard Hunter High. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, a, and the giant banner behind her. It. I have to think that somebody, maybe someone who's not a fan of that administration, who maybe 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 the uh, the AV guy at the high school, you know, the, the guy that brings the opaque projector in for a, a, a lesson, he he made sure it was just set up right there. <laughs> but she should have people that should have never been. Uh, we, they should on the face of it, this is a bad idea. Hunter High, yeah, there, her her people did her a disservice because there should have been someone that went by like, well, uh, no 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 no, put high school or. Well, how uh, about this? The wolves are. How about when we're sitting around and the, and the uh, first lady's massive staff planning her uh, uh, whatever she has to do, and you and you scroll down the list on the itinerary, and Hunter High School comes up. You go, hey, <laughs> not today. This is not. You know, it should be obvious to everybody in there. <laughs> oh, God, uh, he's getting it too. Um, you know, Representative Barbara Lee. How, she's been around for uh, she, uh, from Texas, correct? Yeah, I think she is. Is she, is she Texas? Um, uh, you know, yeah, she is. El Paso. In, yeah, in the Me Too movement, you didn't have to have any. You just could allege something and blammo, it was real. Um, and 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 in terms of scandals or, or or issues that benefit the left the most. I think that's where accusations like that flourish. She is, everything's racist. And I take that back. She represents California. California okay. She's from okay. Texas, but represents California. All right. She, she tells a story here at the end of her rant about everything in the world is racist. Uh, and it, it's, it's unlikely, I think. Uh, but it's accepted as fact. These are not little kinks. First of all, racism, institutional racism, is in the DNA of this country. When you look at uh, what has taken place, look at the, our Native Americans, the genocide of Native Americans. When you look at what has taken place as it relates to... Hold on. Uh, this is in response to Nikki Haley saying that America's never been racist. Remember? 
African Americans, uh, the 250 years plus of enslaving African Americans, and then you look at the disparities now uh, in our community in terms of health care, unemployment, the wealth gap, housing. You can't tell me that systemic racism does not exist. It's not just a little kink. Secondly, you have personal racism, which is hard to address, but I'll give you one little story. Personal racism, you know. And you have to suffer the personal racism, and then you get the the, your, the systemic racism yeah. just piles on you. The over-top racism. Never get a break. It shows you why uh, we need to understand that I don't think she really understands racism. I was walking from the House building on Capitol Hill to the Capitol, and a man, a white guy, stopped me and told me I could not get into the member's elevator. And, you know, we have uh, pens, and I was going to vote. And he blocked me from getting into the elevator and told me I was not a member of Congress, and it was for members only. I said, sir, I'm a member of Congress. And he, I showed him my pen, and he said, whose pen did you steal? Do you believe that? First no, of all, just a random man. white man. She didn't say it was Capitol Security, Capitol Police. The people that operate the Capitol, they're very familiar with the faces of the people that should be where they should be. They could get to certain areas. Also, now, this is what she's been in Congress since 1998. This isn't like she was in the 70s and they saw right. a black lady walking by and they're like, what are you doing in here? You stole something. Right. An example of what personal racism is and how people of color constantly have to deal with this each and every day but systemic racism is in the policies of this country and just look at what they're trying to do in terms of eliminating diversity equity and inclusion because it's racist good lord why do they see that because they don't want to <laughs> uh, so where's the footage there's that's the most cameraed up and, and, and when, first of all when did it happen uh, you know, did it just happen? Because she didn't sound like the kind of woman that wouldn't make a huge stink out of it the, the, the moment that it happened. She would have rushed to CNN to report the news. She would have uh, uh, screamed about it on the floor, about the racism, racism, racism. Um, why tell the story now? Because everybody's, it's because it's an election. Yeah, and season. nobody believes you. You've been in Congress for 25 years, and you're telling me this is the first time you've come around and told the story about you weren't time you weren't led up into uh, to go vote. Again, yeah. this is 98. This isn't like 74 or 65 or something like that. And you, well, well, I was uh, the first black lady, so the, of course they didn't want to let me up there and vote. Oh, you mean in terms of? Oh, she said uh, in terms of he stopped her. He wanted to stop her from voting, or because- just stop her because he thought she stole. Like, honestly, you look at Barbara Lee and you're like, yeah, this lady stole a, a congressperson's pin and is going in there right. to, to vote for them. <laughs> I don't believe the story, uh, and I don't believe the you know the constant you know it, you could tell it's been turned up. The, the racism, racism, racism. Um, speaking of DEI, there's a, Matt Walsh did a piece with Piers Morgan, uh, discussing the lack of diversity, uh, in major, uh, sports. <laughs> Let me see. That's a short version of it. Here it is. Immediately come out and played the race card. And basically saying, if you don't see color, you don't understand racism and so on. Uh, other black coaches in the NFL have taken a very different view and said, all they want to see is football and players. They don't care 
about what colour they are. And it struck me as sort of a bizarre stance to take because the vast majority of players, for example, in the NFL are black. I think nearly 70%. What did you make of that when you heard it? Is it a big deal that before Belichick's body is warm, they announce a black uh, head coach? They didn't, you know what I mean? Is the is the Rooney rule still in place? Where you have must interview? It is still in place, but for him to come out and, and open his press conference with basically saying that uh, skin is a very big deal about, uh, you know, it's a huge deal. I'm the first black coach. If you don't, uh, he said, what was the quote? He said, I think I might have it from you. It was yesterday, right? Yeah, something about that. Uh, if you you have to see skin color, if you say if somebody says you don't see skin color, you're racist. He said, if you don't, well, I can't find it. Yeah, he said, if you're a person that says, I don't see skin color and you're a racist. Well, um, uh, here's Matt Walsh on the topic. Obviously, um, no one is claiming that at this point they're going to hire, you know, someone who's blind or paralyzed to actually fly, you know, a, a Delta aircraft uh, 30,000 feet in the air. So we're not, maybe we'll get to that point. We're not at that point yet. Um, but the point is that they have decided, this goes back to, I believe it was 2013, an Obama-era initiative by the FAA that they wanted to diversify the airline industry. And, uh, and they have a lot of uh, several different groups that um, they wanted to uh, increase their you know, participation in the airline industry. And uh, those with disabilities is one of those groups. It will be like us... Um the station, like from here on in, we're only hiring stutterers, right? Yeah, uh, and and people with uh, that have uh, really bad speech impediments, <laughs> because we have to diversify. We know you're not going to like it, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, there's a watchdog group out here uh, that's demanding their healthcare group. They're demanding John Hopkins drop DEI and channel those resources to help uh, uh, the schools. Uh, the the schools drop DEI and channel the, the amount of money we talked about yesterday that the schools are paying. Um, wait until you hear how many full ride scholarships the DEI money could be giving to students right now. We'll do it next. Hang on. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. As you go about your daily life, look Closer. Every year across America, a staggering 4.2 million youth are homeless or trafficked. Covenant House is the national leader providing safe housing for youth, 50 years strong. Every youth who walks into Covenant House gets clean clothes, hot meals, medical care, and a safe place to sleep. So look closer at Covenant House and help us fight youth homelessness. To help or get help, go to covenanthouse.org. <laughs> Uh, Berkeley, any any uh, university, California school, there is no chance they're going to roll back their DEI spending. But it's conceivable that the roughly sixteen hundred public colleges that spend about a, over a billion on DEI might. Alabama, Alabama spends two million, Georgia Tech almost seven million, Clemson three million, South Carolina two million, Michigan as we heard thirty million, Virginia's top. Diversity official, get this, 
Virginia Tech's top diversity official makes three hundred ninety-one thousand a year, while the the head DEI honcho at University of Virginia makes three seventy-five. More than two hundred at uh, Kentucky, Louisiana, Utah. Um, the average public university has forty-five DEI staff. <laughs> so imagine how far that money would go to help students. Instead of beating them over the head with ideology all day, the salary of Virginia's top diversity official alone would fund 13 full-ride scholarships. The Virginia Tech's top diversity would, would uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Utah State University would pay for 14 and a half full rides. University of Michigan would pay for 1,700 students. I mean, That's the thing when it comes to all these DEI programs at all these colleges, show me what is accomplished. Can can we, you per, come out and say, oh, okay, since we started this DEI initiative where we pay this person four hundred thousand dollars a year, uh, we've had uh, more black students finish in the top twenty percent of their classes. We well, we don't know the uh, in terms of actual hard, uh, you know. Uh, you know, evidence like that. But we do know that in terms of we had a survey that showed a number of schools felt less safe or uh, more like they are be- less like they belonged there since the DEI initiatives had started. I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, perhaps uh, all of the spending has to do with why the, the cost of an education at a university. But people that fund taxpayers that fund public colleges, uh, if you think you're helping students become tomorrow's leaders with DEI, it's not working. Um, anywhere. Oh, man, I'll tell you what, Heather's hot around the collar about this one. The L.A. Innocence Project, there's some people that go out there that, that they, I guess that you could petition them. They're getting behind convicted killer Scott Peterson uh, to represent him. Uh, he's serving a, a life sentence for Lacey Peterson's murder and her un- unborn child. Uh, they've confirmed they're taking up his case. That's way back in 04 he was convicted. They argue that recent court filing that new evidence now supports Mr. Peterson's long-standing claim of innocence and raises many questions into who abducted and killed Lacey and Connor Peterson. They're looking into numerous items they can't, they couldn't find after combing over the trial files, including evidence from investigations into a December 02 burglary across the street, where across the street from where they lived, a missing watch that Lacey Peterson wore, and a van fire. <laughs> Uh, in the area around the time she went missing, as well as documents tied to witness interviews. I mean, here's the only thing about, you know, he he had a a side piece, right? Super hot blonde side piece. Yes. And he was caught with bleached hair and 10,000 in cash headed for Mexico. (laughs) This guy's guilty. The fact that they're even taking up this case is ridiculous. Well, what, what do you think, Heather? Uh, I think they're jumping on just the prosecutor's closing argument that because he's in that he just said I don't I can't prove anything, but he did it. Like 
That is the, I, but that was so long ago. I can't believe they're bringing it back up. But yeah, no, he's guilty as sin. Ah, you you think so, huh? Yes. <laughs> what What would you do if he if they come up uh, and they this this uh, this evidence pans out and he was just he bleached his hair and okay. and got ten grand and, le- and and went to Mexico because he feared being imprisoned for life for a crime he didn't commit. <laughs> right. Right. No, he'll get a movie out of this, like that he gets paid for, probably. I don't think you could do that if you're can't. on. If you're on, uh, uh, yeah. If you killed somebody, you can't. You can't no. uh, make okay. not in California anyway. Well, uh, that's the case. Thank you, Heather. I mean, who knows? Who are we to decide? I mean, if they have evidence that come to light, some DNA evidence or testing that they've come along, and uh, I mean, maybe he did panic, and that was uh, uh, he's like, I gotta get out of here. There's no way they're not gonna believe that I was out boating on a, right. a rainy day on Christmas morning. Right, and that's true. And once you once they get you, they get you. Once once he was, they were gonna let him go on on a bond or anything else. Yeah, I mean, because the. Evidence was weak because he had done a pretty good job of getting rid of all the evidence at the time, but the alibi was so weak. The uh, his story, the what he said was going on, all that stuff was such a, a flimsy def- defense that he had uh, that he was just easily the number one target. Like, but, and you don't run when you're you're innocent. You're right. You shouldn't. You're right. You shouldn't run, even if you are innocent. <clears throat> you should stay and 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 uh, ferociously defend yourself, right? Well, we'll see. Uh, the Schellenberger has done. I, I need to subscribe to his Substack. I really like him, Michael Schellenberger. Uh, he explains for the novice or for the ill-informed why January If you watch the mainstream news media, Sorry, you might mind. think that what happened on January Sorry. 6th, 2021... I'm so tired it? of the frickin' computer. Um, that uh, people are calling it a coup, they call it an insurrection, blah, 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 and in the end, he gives a very good uh, 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 a comparison to a real uh, a, a real coup. If you watch the mainstream news media, you might think that what happened on January 6th, 2021 was a coup. There's no better way to describe what happened. But what if that's not what at all happened? The dictionary definition of a coup is a, quote, violent overthrow or alteration of an existing government by a small group. Now, there's no doubt that the chaos on January 6th was a bad day for the United States. But it was a bad day that would have been prevented had congressional leaders granted the request by the head of the Capitol Police for National Guard backup. He goes on to, you know, it was that's the further evidence that it was a setup. It, and, and the biggest part was that it was completely unarmed. And we weren't going to take over the government and run it right there from the rotunda, or they weren't going to take over the government and run it from the rotunda, that most coups involved a military faction, um, and that simply did not exist at all. I want to get the spinning. Yeah. Or internet. Here's a brief little history of the Pinochet. How General Pinochet became uh, a president 
and how it did involve a faction of the military. And the point being that that's why the military has been on the lookout for quote-unquote extremists, MAGA extremists within the military. Literally, they think there's Donald Trump could form a coup <laughs> with a faction of the of the military while not being president and have them take over. Yeah, he's also got his own mercenary group together too. I mean, they really considered that. They really thought that he <laughs> that he would right after you know Biden was sworn in. That's about the time uh, that over the next couple of years they you know that's why they look for MAGA. That's why they look for any mention of MAGA. That's why they look for any some guy. Some guy's got a, a painting of George Washington, uh, you know, crossing the river. Uh, they're definitely extremists. Mm-hmm. They're going to all get together and actually try to overthrow the government this time. <laughs> I mean, literally, there, it was bad. There was chaos. But in September 11th, 1973, in Chile, there was a military faction. They launched a coup. Uh, and they installed uh, General Pinochet as president. And then the real president took his own life in the palace as they were bearing down on the palace to kill him. And they had 20 years of brutal military dictatorship. That's a coup. That's an insurrection. That's an insurrection or a coup? That's a, that's a, that's a coup. Yeah, that's a coup. Not grandma being let in. Uh, Tim Scott has endorsed Donald Trump. What do you think that's a sign? I said he's uh, he's a name that you could look for as a VP. What other names did I hear that surprised me? Uh, I'll think about it in a minute. Uh, that's good. I think it's bad for Nikki Haley. She was surprised when she got the news. <laughs> uh, but he, you know, people were looking for his endorsement. I think... Um, Rubio's endorsed him, as has uh, Jim Jordan has endorsed him. I wonder what people think. Well, they think that Donald Trump is an absolute crazy kook, and anyone that's with him is this. I mean, there's a level of people that think that there's a mass mental illness that are under some kind of cultish control of Donald Trump, and they're just not to be trusted because there's something basically mentally wrong with them. And then you got Rubio, and you got you know Jim Jordan, and you've you know got Tim Scott endorsing him. I'm sure there are many more who have. Fannie Willis is fighting back. I don't think this is a good idea. So now she believes that Nathan's ex, soon to be ex-wife, is interfering with her Department of Justice-backed investigation, a prosecution of, of a former president for you know of these heinous crimes, and she's just trying to mess with it. I don't think this gets any any worse for her, um, you know. Re, you know, just refusing and, and denying everything at this point. Now you're starting to point the finger at somebody else. It just looks really bad. Uh, a motion filed in the by the defense attorney in the election case alleges that Willis was involved in the romantic relationship with his wife, Jocelyn Wade. It says the subpoena that's being sought as an attempt to harass and damage Willis in her professional reputation. You did a great job of it already. I love yeah. that she's been such a finger pointer. Oh, you just 
can't be a black woman in this world. Right. Uh, you know, you can't bang another guy's, another girl's wife without, uh, you know, or another girl's husband without uh, them pointing the finger at you. She says <clears throat> that Jocelyn has conspired with interested parties in the criminal election interference case to use the civil discovery process to annoy, embarrass, and oppress the district attorney. And in fact, the attempt to question Willis is obstructing and interfering with an ongoing criminal case, and it's all a setup. That's really bad. Now, I mean, you're trying to muddy the waters, obviously, but you mean you did bang the lady's husband. We know, you know, it's all, all fingers point to that happening. You have given a guy that had no experience as a prosecutor. Uh, six times six more. times more than he's worth. <laughs> six times more than you gave the dude who's actually a, an expert on RICO prosecution. Uh, you let this guy that's never done a prosecution like this before happen to meet with White House staff and get to bill them multiple times. You let him bill for a 24-hour period. <laughs> That's dedication right there. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd love to see this fall apart, uh, but something tells me that, it's, that it won't. Um, but I don't see how it get much worse for her. We've talked about this show called Finding Your Roots with Henry Louis Gates Jr. And I forget who was it. Uh, Angela Davis, Mm -hmm. the black activist in the 60s and 70s, discovered that she had what white. A white guy blood or what? I think some of her ancestors were on the Mayflower. Yes, that's it. The original colonizers. They were colonizers. Uh, Well, LeVar Burton. Star of Roots, that's where he really became famous. This is the show they do, they take a DNA test, and they, uh, with their, you know, they'll, uh, like, ask you, obviously, and then they go off and spend some time doing extensive historical research, <clears throat> and they put a, a book in front of you when it's time to reveal. And so they put the book in front of LeVar, and they discovered that, <laughs> that his paternal grandmother, Mary Sills, filed a social security application in 1940. On that application, she identified her, her date of birth as September 4th, 1891. Her mother, Mary Jane Lee, and her father as Louis Sills. To Burton's surprise, when he opened it up, he, they'd ruled that Louis Sills, uh, had, they'd ruled him out as, his, as uh, Mary's bio, uh, biological father. They linked him to descendants of a man named James Henry Dixon. A married white, white farmer from North Carolina. <clears throat> and that really shocked LeVar. And then they turn to the next page. They show that Dixon was born in North Carolina in 1847, made him a teenager when the Civil War broke out in 1861. Then he discovered his Grand, great, great, it's great, great grandfather's name on a Confederate muster roll from 1864. He served in the Confederate Army. Flavar said, I didn't see this coming. Uh, honestly, though, uh, I would guess that if a lot of uh, black people are born in the South, looked at their ancestry, there's a good chance that you oh, have yeah. a Civil War veteran in there. 
and they fought to protect slavery, and the uh, that woman had been born into slavery. That's a shocker. Does he qualify for? I see he's a descendant of a of a slave. Does he get less because he got a little white in him? Nah, or more because his, probably more uh, yeah. like he's been uh, poisoned blood there. Are we to assume that this white Confederate soldier took her against her will, or did they have a, 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 a steamy love affair? We'll never know. It was never written down. I know what they'll probably say, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know how they used to say that. Alex Jones I was, you know, the first one that really started the New World Order, the New World Order, the New World Order, and started to really, uh, I mean, he said it incessantly. And and any reference to, or any talk of the New World Order was the absolute, like, oh, right, like there's a, a secret cabal of people that run the globe and blah, blah, blah. And the, the New World Order, it sounds, you know, so far-fetched and crazy. <clears throat> and if, if you said the New World Order... Uh, you know, people say, okay, right, New World Order. Well, now, this is a conversation going on at the World Economic Forum. We are on the way to a new order, so we are between orders. Uh, do you agree with that, or are there ways of uh, what are we able to keep on the positive side from the old order to bring into a new world order, and how can we avoid that that new world order uh, becomes like a jungle growing back, and we rather uh, have an order based on international law and the principles that have brought us prosperity and uh, freedom uh, for decades. That guy said new world order like eight, and he mentioned the old world order, and we're in between orders right now. I, 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 I think Davos every year lately they've they've thrown at least like two or three new world order speeches in there, and then people go, and then everybody goes new world order, and they go, ah, oh, no, 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 we don't mean it like that. Right. Um, he's there with uh, what's his name, Sullivan from the White House. Uh, we are, you know, the post Cold War era has come to a close. We're at the start of something new. We have the capacity to shape what that looks like. And at the heart of it will be many of the core principles. Did anyone ask them to form a new world order? And, and, and who decides when one order I mean, ends and a new order begins? And what does it even mean? Uh, it's who's the richest person out there. <laughs> he he kind of wraps it up here. And core institutions of the existing order adapted uh, for the challenges that we face today. And that's a, a lot of what I tried to lay out in my remarks. Some of that goes to geopolitics and how we build uh, or update the international economic order in ways that address the needs of working people, address the climate crisis. Mm, that's it, right there. Can we just give the old world order just a tune-up? Uh, we gotta trash yeah, it all together. I mean, and we could probably, like, can we get like a 1.5 maybe? <laughs> I, I mean, now the word, it's just thrown around freely, you know. It's just funny to me. Like, they don't have to hide anymore because it's been out so long that, and people have never really kind of thrown up their hands against it at the point where they're like, oh, all right, cool, I guess we can do New World Order stuff. Yeah, yeah no, everyone seems to be okay with it. <laughs> I'm sure you've all seen the video, the uh, flaming Atlas Boeing uh, Atlas cargo Eight, uh, what, 747 8 cargo plane? The, what's the first thing you thought? Well, it was on fire. I don't know. 
just hoping they got that sucker on the ground was the first thing I thought. Right. DEI hire was the first thing that went through my head. They followed the standard procedure. They turned right around and came back. Uh, the videos are really uh, look horrible. I would have thought that plane wouldn't have made it. And it had a hole the size of a softball in the motor? Yeah. Does that mean it sucked in something? Or something <clears throat> bashed against it. A bird, maybe? Man, it was... There's, just, there's way too much stuff when it comes to flights right now that is uh, scary stuff going on. Getting locked in a bathroom. We got a story about a 14-year-old girl, some male flight attendant, went into the bathroom uh, several times before she went in and taped his cell phone upside down to the toilet lid with like some kind of package taped for the airline and left the light, the camera facing out, and the light on his damn phone on. And, and, and like this girl's not going to notice a light. Yeah. A flashlight shining at her where her butt's going to be. Also, did she start walking back there? He's like, whoa, 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 hold on, wait. I have to uh, check this. Yeah. Uh, Let me make sure that uh, everything's all right. Then he came back out and got some tape and went back in. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, uh, when we return, I don't know what's going on at these. It's inevitable. I would I would guess that at these uh, illegal alien camps in New York City, that things are going to get, you know, tensions are running high and, and uh, there's going to be some squabbles. They're in close quarters. Things aren't going like they, th- like they thought it was going to go. And they get all stabby, stabby. We'll talk about it next. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. My dad served in Vietnam, the 82nd Airborne Division. He never talked about it. And my mom knew not to ask. So dad buried himself in work and self-medicated and would lose his temper sometimes. Loud noises would put him on edge. It got rough. So I finally said to him, Dad, you got to get help. As a family member or friend, you may be the first to notice when a veteran you love has been going through changes. Things like withdrawing, drinking more, or increased anger could be a sign of a larger health concern, but help is available. Dad finally went to VA for one-on-one and group therapy and got some really great tools to help him manage things. And I got my dad back. Listen to hundreds of inspiring stories at maketheconnection.net and learn how you can support the veterans in your life. Treatment works. Recovery is possible. We are strong and we'll get through this together, but these are stressful times. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, and know that you are not alone. Visit wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Tonellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. Thank you uh, to Four Wall and Beach and the Panhandle for making this program the number one talk show in the Panhandle. In our time slot. Thank you very much. We're coming soon. Uh, tomorrow, you don't want to miss this. I just tweeted it out. If you want to check it out, at The Burke Show. Uh, I'm going to be at uh, Proud Souls Barbecue, 11 to 1. But at 4.30, they're giving away, they're raffling off this. I mean, this thing is like a $3,400. It's called a uh, uh, Yoder. 
If you're familiar with high-end stuff, this thing is beautiful. It's the Cadillac of uh, smokers. Uh, uh, the 1241 Miller Avenue, there's some um, uh, some uh, cooking network stars. Uh, what's the other, the uh, cook-off, the uh, uh, barbecue contest, yeah, championship. Barbecue contest, a couple people that have uh, competed again on yeah. uh, uh, Beat Bobby Flay and things like that. Yeah, so. and they're demonstrating, which means there'll be lots of meat there to be eaten and other things, pizzas and the like. Uh, they're at 1241 Miller Avenue, just off Orlando Avenue in Winter Park. Uh, come out and hang out with us. Yes, but thank you to the fine people of Fort Walton Beach. It's about time. <laughs> um, things are getting stabby-stabby in the migrant camps. Arrests have been made. Wild brawls at a makeshift Illegal alien camp in New York City. And the uh, cops, when the cops showed up, they found that this place is overrun with weapons. Huh? These people are just here to uh, have the American dream. And have a knife. Charged five men with having weapons. Another man was stabbed in the neck. 24-year-old man had a knife plunged into his neck and chest after an altercation in the dining facility at the camp. Now they got to put up uh, metal detectors. <laughs> Even Mayor Adams, <clears throat> he said it's horrific, you know, to have somebody come here to pursue the American dream and see it turn into a nightmare to lose your life. It's really unfortunate that we lost this young man. Stabby, stabby. <clears throat> you would think before they're allowed to even go into these places, they would have to lose all weapons. <coughs> you mean at the front gate? Yeah, there yeah. should be a, uh, a scanner at the front. Hey, if you guys are going to be inside these uh, hotels, these other makeshift camps, uh, hand them over, put them in the bag. We'll give you a ticket with your name on it. Um, yeah, because you know they're, they're, they're probably knives that are illegal on the street. Are, there, are they not supposed to have weapons, period, in there? I mean, I don't see why they should be able to have weapons, period, in there. A security guard had to stab one dude in the neck um, during the wild melee. The guy's found outside the shelter with a wound from an unknown sharp object around 3.30. It was taken to the hospital, uh, listed and stable. The suspect and the victim were gar- arguing before the fight spilled outside. <clears throat> That's a week after the dude was stabbed to death. I'm surprised there's not more, uh, you know... Um, I you know I don't know what the plan is. If you're in this uh, illegal alien facility, are you supposed to live there till two twenty twenty nine when your hearing finally comes around? I don't think they even get that. The way I read the New York rules is ninety days, and then you're you're gone. You go find something to do, and you can't work. Can't work. Can't get an apartment in New York. Yeah, well, yeah. There's no way. Um, it's. It's uh, it's a nightmare, and it's and the uh, the funny part is it's not going to stop. It's just not going to stop. Even Johnson puts his foot down again. He doubled down uh, about not giving you a penny. Eventually, I think he'll probably fold. Right? They all do in the end in the unit party. Uh, no, because those are things he can hold off on right now. He got the spending bill passed, uh, even though the a lot of the Freedom Caucus people were not happy about how it went down. Uh, but now he has until March again to come up with another uh, uh, stall tactic. 
But those three things are not on the border. Ukraine, Israel money is not on part of our spending budget, so they can leave them off of as long as they want to. Right. Right. I hope they, I hope he sticks with it. Uh, but, you know, in the end, we might, we might realize that keeping that border open is more important than Ukraine to this administration. Keeping our southern border open to the two to 10,000 people a day is more important to him, flooding the country with illegal aliens. Well, I think that Biden's getting his, uh, what he wants out of this right now. Which is what? Uh, he's keeping the border open. We don't have to send money to Ukraine right he's now, but he can any... still complain about it all the time. Okay, but he's, I think he's losing popularity with people that are in these blue cities that are being inundated. And I'm sure there are a lot of other Democrat voters that are frustrated with the border situation, too. I don't think every Democrat out there has an open borders. They might say, oh, open borders. Maybe that's a euphemism for maybe we should let more people in. I know that I don't think anybody wants just to absolutely race a border in their heart. Uh, maybe so, but they don't care. The government doesn't because they see a blue dot over every person that comes over that border. Yeah. For So for every uh, five people that they lose to Republican Party over border issues, uh, they gain 20 that come over the border. Say that so ratio again. If for every five people, uh, and that's even a, a probably low for every five people that go Republican because they are no longer going to vote Democrat because of the border issue, uh, they got twenty more that just came over the border that they'll be able to at some point turn into a blue vote. Probably. Well, well, not if Trump's elected, reelected. Something. <clears throat> That might worry you on the doomsday clock to World War III. NATO is going to launch its largest exercise since the 80s. NATO allies will uh, put together about 90,000 personnel. And uh, for a month, months long war games. To rehearse NATO's execution of its regional stuff. They've had it drawn up for a long time, uh, uh, and that is how to respond to a Russian attack. They didn't mention Russia by name in their announcement, but they identify Moscow as the most significant and direct threat to member states. <clears throat> and we see a lot of war games going on down in the Thai, in China and the uh, in Taiwan. Yep, everyone is out on the field right now stretching getting ready for the game. <laughs> That's a, a dark way to put it. <laughs> Who's on the horn? Uh, David G. David G. David G., how are you, man? Thanks for holding. Hello. Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Great show. Thank you. Hey, listen, I was just wondering if you'd heard about this very quiet plan B that's been put together to keep the arms flowing into Ukraine. Uh, no, what is plan B? And what, what's happening? What's happening is Zelensky is inviting sympathetic countries to send their uh, arms manufacturers to Ukraine to either move into Ukrainian factories or construct new ones and build the arms right there. Uh, is there time and for the that? United States this... You got to take me off your speakerphone, David. You got to take me off your. I can't. 
Uh, you got to take me on the speakerphone. Kill me. Sorry, Whatever you're on. I'm sorry. I'm in the sorry. car. That's all right. I appreciate it. I'll look it up. I, I, I think, thank you. I, I, I don't know that that makes sense. I know that we, when, when we could mobilize for World War II, uh, because there is, you know, months and months or a year that we needed, you know, to get to be ready. I don't think that's a uh, that's not a quick plan B. Uh, the mobilization of, of creating uh, arms corporations is not as quick as it sounds, especially when you have to get the people there to the Ukraine to uh, construct the factory and machinery and foundries the factory, and machinery, yeah. all that set up. Uh, now, do I believe he's courting them for after all this is over? Yes, because there's been long term that that. Part of the investment that we've put into the country is so that we can later on put giant factories of our own in Ukraine and go, yeah, we helped you guys out. Uh, now Let come, us build some arms or something mm, there. Yeah, come work at our arms dealers here. And Well, this Operation Steadfast Defender 2024, uh, in the Alliance, there will be 50 ships from aircraft carriers to destroyers, more than 80 fighter jets, helicopters, drones, 1,100 combat vehicles, 133 tanks, 533 infantry fighting vehicles, 90,000 personnel. Mm. I mean, Baltic states are the ones that are the most at risk from a from a, a, a Russian attack. So they're going to drill there as well. Interesting. Like, uh, it, it would it would end up just like World War II was. It would the fighting would be almost along the same lines again. Uh, the U.S. would probably be able to, for the most part, stay out of it. Not you know the the civilians on this side, right? Because of, just because of geographic yeah, where we are. Wise, yes, know. I'm sure there'll be uh, arms and money and you know ammo and you know things of that nature. Or maybe we get a president that doesn't seem to want to uh, provoke the bear all the over and over again right now, because we've lost all fear in the, in the across the world right now. Uh, everybody we, says, yeah, yeah, everybody says, oh, they, all the world leaders hated Trump. This that. Well, they respected him. Uh, they also knew that he was just crazy enough that he might throw a bomb out there if they yeah. if he got upset enough. Right. The Dutch commander of NATO's uh, military committee, Rob Bauer. So we have to realize it's not a given that we are in peace. Uh, they believe that they say well, that's why we're preparing for a conflict with Russia. Uh, his warning came ahead of the week's start of military drills. A large number of civilians would also be needed to mobilize in case of war. Um, he said it starts here: the realization that not everything is is planable and not everything is going to be hunky dory in the next twenty years. He they believe it's well. I mean, let's face it. Putin's not going to be around that much longer, right? The guy's ailing. He's old. They say there's not there's a chance that Russia may not be contained in Ukraine. I mean, they ought to get together, just wreck it, you know, all together. Preemptive war. Oh, uh, speaking of war. OpenAI, the uh, big parent company of uh, probably the most popular AI system, uh, ChatGPT out there. In their terms of service, they specifically banned military use. But recently, uh, here's how it read initially. (laughs) 
our policy does not allow our tools to be used to harm people, develop weapons for communication, surveillance, or to injure others or destroy property. There are, however, national security cases that align with our mission. For example, we're working with DARPA to spur the creation of new cybersecurity tools to secure and open source software into critical infrastructure and, in, uh, the, and industry depend on. It's not clear whether these beneficial use cases would be allowed under military and our previous policies. So the goal with our policy update is to provide clarity and erase the ban on military use. So, <clears throat> What is somebody came along there, Boeing, uh, you know, or, or uh, some defense contractor that had something, a project that, you know, this open AI thing might really work for uh, and they said, hey, I'm sorry. As you'll see right here, we, uh, we don't, it's, our tools aren't allowed to harm people to develop weapons or mm-hmm. do worry type things. Yeah, and this guy like, slid a piece of paper over there <laughs> and goes, how many zeros do we need to add to the end yeah. of this? There is no, uh, money is no object. <laughs> so well, there you go. They open the door right there. And then it'll be... It'll be, oh, don't worry. They promised us they would not use it for bad things. It's just a cybersecurity tool to secure open source software. Yeah, you know, it's not <laughs> weapons. That's crazy. Didn't it, didn't, it uh, didn't AI develop some kind of new drug that cured something from other known substances in, in like 12 minutes? Yeah, it also looked at our uh, table of elements and figured out our new way to poison human beings in like 30 seconds, too. That's right. (laughs) Uh, They say uh, chief analytics officer of Pioneer Development Group thinks the divide within the company comes from a misunderstanding about how the military would actually use open AI technology. The losing faction is concerned about AI becoming too powerful or uncontrollable or possibly or probably misunderstands how open AI might support the military. Most likely uses for routine administrative and logistics work, which represents a massive cost savings to the taxpayer. Sure. That's all we're going to use it for. I mean, what, what has to happen? I mean, uh, they have to. OpenAI has to give them the code source so they can uh, uh, it's more manipulate it to work for them. Or. Some of that, and then also just if they wanted to use it on any projects that they could profit from, that they would have to get the rights from OpenAI. You know, if they find, OpenAI found out that uh, they're using ChatGPT to make uh, uh, new missiles in a missile guidance system, uh, they're going to make a couple billion dollars off of it. OpenAI is going to go, yeah, about that. Uh, we yeah. need a little scratch here. We need a cut. Right. Because they're profiting, profiting from OpenAI's, you know, design. Yeah, once the guys at OpenAI realize what kind of scratch is in this uh, this military industrial complex sky's the limit man <clears throat> it's not every day you pull up to the gas station uh, open a igloo cooler and find that it's full of heads human heads this uh I don't know how normal people even live in Mexico. Yeah, it, it must be tough to, uh, certain days. Are you just like, hey, uh, I'm going to go down and get a uh, 
you know, Coke and, yeah. and something and a snack or something. Cigarettes and, and, and yeah. some cervezas down at the uh, grocery at the, at the at the gas station. And there's a cooler with severed heads in it. And you're like, oh, that's uh, Manuel. <clears throat> oh, oh damn guy. it. <clears throat> so the Sinaloa cartel left a cooler full of human heads at a gas station in Chiapas uh, as a warning of an ongoing cartel war um, over the profits from smuggling illegal immigrants across Mexico's borders into the United States. Biden's policies have caused four dudes to get their heads cut off. The letter uh, inside the cooler, it was uh, they, they did take the uh, care to ice the heads uh, and they left a handwritten message taking full credit for the killings and said, this is your S, you bunch of pigs. The same thing is going to happen to all the coyotes who generate money for the scumbags of the CGNC, the Jalisco New Generation Cartel, and F word for gays of the Chiapas Cartel. <laughs> These guys. <laughs> They're hurling insults from our uh, high school years. Or <laughs> yeah. um, go out and fight, you bunch of pigs. Stop hiding behind the skirts of the government. It was signed uh, CDS, the calling card for the Sinaolas. Man. I know whose side I'm on. The one that's not going to end up in a, in a cooler yeah. with each other heads? Yeah. Um, the problem is that there's no good guy on either side of that, that fight right there. No, these are two, these are two these are two warring criminal gangs. And, yeah, and you know, they're mad about the money that the other gang is stealing from them, uh, doing coyote work, getting people across the border. Yeah, <laughs> these guys are making billions of dollars. Uh, just I, I don't even really understand the full function of the coyote uh, to get you through some rough parts of the jungle, or uh, you know, they seem like a bunch of a holes. Well, it used to be the guys that uh, would pack uh, thirty people like sardines inside of a truck, then put. Uh, you know, 50 bags of whatever, and then try to drive through the border and get yeah. you over there. You don't have to do that now. You just literally walk to the border and like, no. all right, guys, good walk luck. Walk on by. America. <laughs> You'll find no coolers full of heads in America. Most parts of it. I mean, if, what would happen? We There'd be, it's regular. Just la- a month ago, there was a head hanging on a bridge and uh, a bunch of uh, bodies piled up with a note. I mean, it's constant mass killings there. This country would freak out if there were a, a, an igloo cooler full of heads at, a, at the at the Seven Eleven. Uh, these guys are the drugs, fentanyl, coke, meth. They do it all, and they a little coyote work on the side. They, they, I think that also dabble in the in the avocado business <laughs> from time to time. They get the cocaine into the avocado, which is impressive. Still haven't quite figured that one out yet. Yeah, me neither. As long as the avocados are real, I mean, it'd be pretty obvious that they've been cut open, right? You'd think. I thought maybe they'd figure out a way to grow cocaine in the avocado. So you just you just you cut it open, you get the pit out of there, and you eat the coke. You just, um, just sweet, creamy, little salt on it, and you're coked up in no time. Yeah, but poor Maude, who puts that together for her uh, Super Bowl party. I got guacamole and taquitos here. Try this out. We're going to have the right time of the party. Um, <laughs> let me, I want to, okay. So this was, we played it yesterday. I believe it happened the night before on CNN. 
There's also a fact that there's, yeah. I think, 71% this is, you can attribute yeah. polls. KJP talking about, uh, A, over-talking the host, and then talking about it's going to take a time. It's going to take some time to see what, you know. There's also a fact that there's, yeah. I think, 71% yeah. you can attribute yeah. polls differently. Yeah. Why do 71% of Americans think the economy is not doing well? I mean, you, yeah. you've listed yeah. a litany yeah. of things yeah. already. Yeah. Why the disconnect? So we know that it's going to take time for people to fully feel what the president has done. But... Again, we've seen consumer confidence go up. So that's yesterday. We know it's going to take some time. Well, guess what? Sometime last night, it happened. It's clear Americans are starting to feel President Biden's strong economy. Wages have risen faster than inflation Woo! for 10 months in a row. Man, that's a turnaround. You didn't feel it when you woke up this morning? I, if something was different, but I'm starting to really Some feel it. Joe Biden economy I'm feeling. <laughs> Gonna take some, last night it was going to take or night before last gonna take some time i don't know what happened yesterday or last night but it boom it, it, we woke the sun came up today and the yes. birds started chirping at the one and the flowers are blooming and it was just a wonderful rolled over finally yeah it was like uh daylight savings time but for uh bidenomics <laughs> at some point i think they're convinced maybe they, they, they think they've got us or most of us or some of us hypnotized you know like uh like like someone says i don't think this economy is uh, very good at all and you you think this economy is uh, really good but you know it's getting better i think this got and and what if they say is instantly going to be what you feel and for a lot of people that works right a lot of liberals uh, are just low information people slower people that works for them well i heard someone at the white house say this so what what that's the truth they, they can't lie right they can't lie to you at the White House. It's illegal. Duh. Um, I mean, that that's indicative of that. Anyway, beautiful, huh? We've got um, remarks we'll get to when we return. Uh, I think we're starting to see a trend. The most likely person to shoplift at a Walmart will be someone with a baby. It's a new technique. But it's a brand new technique that's proving very, <laughs> proving quite popular. <laughs> proving quite effective in a sad way. Uh, yeah, very sad. All right, we'll do it next. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Military dogs keep our troops safe by sniffing out bombs and IEDs. Yet when they retire, they're too often left overseas. American Humane brings these heroes home and back with their handlers. To help, visit AmericanHumane.org. One, two, one, two, three. There seems to be a new trend in uh, shoplifting, or escaping from a shoplifting, rather. Um, I'm going to call it a uh, kamikaze baby. <laughs> the, we've, we've seen two other uh, examples of it. Yeah, this will be the third one in less than two weeks. Where they just leave, they ha- they're carrying a kid or they have a kid in a uh, carry-on, you know, baby carrier or whatever. Or a little kid standing. Uh, the cops show up or security tries to stop them and mom and dad dart. And leave the kids standing there or sitting there in the baby. <laughs> um, two men and one woman 
were uh, doing some shoplifting with a three-month-old baby <laughs> shortly before closing time. They were alerted when somebody called to report a theft in progress. Store security personnel told the responding officers they had attempted to stop two men and a woman for shoplifting when the three took off running from the store, leaving little Melvin behind. Paramedics took the baby to the hospital. Her condition is reported to be good. The people are still on the loose. Apparently, they don't really care about their baby. Ah, we didn't need that baby anyhow. Ted, go God. back for the baby. Come on. Because you, know, you just added another charge yeah, of child abandonment and child abuse and neglecting a minor and a host of other ones. Uh, but it is seem to be the toss the baby defense now. Like they're coming at you, toss the baby. Ah, yeah, yeah, can't catch us now. Yeah, let's go do some shoplifting. Grab the baby. Which one? The one we don't like. <laughs> we might have to leave him behind. That's sad. It is very sad. Uh, um, in America, you can burn a flag in protest. You can burn a flag anytime you want. But not in uh, Vietnam. Article 351 of the Vietnam's Penal Code, you cannot burn, it's insulting the national flag. Well, a homeless man has been arrested for doing just that, but he he pulled down a flagpole, <laughs> took it to his shelter. Later that evening, he used uh, his mobile phone to record himself putting the flag into a wood-burning stove while he cooked his dinner. The nearly four-minute video was posted to Facebook. Well... The cops got there in no time. And Huang Van Pham Phong Kong has 4,000 followers. He posted his insult to the national flag, and he is now in jail, which is bad. Uh, But in Thailand, this dude just merely defamed their monarchy. Uh, He was originally sentenced uh, to, to 20 years. Wait. To 28 years. But the appeals court added an extra 22 years, making it an even 50 for criticizing the monarchy. They're defaming the monarchy. I don't know who this guy's lawyer is. He needs to have him fired, though. Yeah. Very rarely do you go to appeals and get 22 more years yeah. added to your Well, sentence. I'm sure in Thailand, they got to do things a little bit different down there, too. Uh, that's the highest... Sentence ever handed down by this uh, by this uh, this law in their country, fifty years. Wow! And the things they say we could say about politicians here, amazing. Boy, they said some stuff that they some Trump like haters over there. They'll just line you up on a, against the wall and uh, uh, you know gun you down. Yeah, but that's what they say Trump's going to do to all of them. That's right. <laughs> If you defame me, we'll put you in prison for 50 years. If you say I have syphilis fingers, then <laughs> I'll have you hung in the street. The Cheeto Face law goes into effect immediately. Let's get to some uh, remarks that all come from the Florida Man radio app. Powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats. Real farm to table. Hit the little button at the bottom. This app does, uh, most people listen on the app. I think that's about to change. Here we go. Come on. There. 
I like the thought of Trump Burke 2024. <clears throat> Too many skeletons. <laughs> I mean, like, like, you don't have to look for these. <laughs> Star Trek guy here. Another circle of ignorance I see happening. Back to eating bugs. So, say they win. I bet another 10 years we're all eating bugs. But someone's going to be like, well, the bugs have feelings at that point, And then they eat too much for how much they actually produce. And then they're going to be wanting to eat cows and producing cows again. Like, come on, people. Can we stop doing these circles and just move forward? Be-do, be-do. Star Trek guy here. I guess I'm a little bored today. Back to the AI and Star Trek. The difference between AI now and the AI in Star Trek is it doesn't compete for people's jobs. It helps them so that they can live proper lives without actually having money. The AI we're creating today is more like Doom. They're taking the technology, making it weaponized, and making it so that the grunts can be soldiers instead of farmers. Be-do-be-doo. See, I never got... There was always that top layer of Star Trek where you saw the Federation, all the people. You never actually got a lot on, and I've not seen enough of it in different different factors to see the on the Earth level stuff that was going on. Uh, because what he just pointed out was that in Star Trek, the AI got rid of the janitors, the cooks, yeah, the all the food service people, right? Uh, most of all, sanitation. So did those all those people that used to work those jobs are they at home happily getting to star, starving or, they're yeah. starving to death of, uh, because they lost their jobs. <laughs> hey, I've got no problem with Nikki Haley being an absolute freak. Good for her. It's her policies that I have a problem with. So get your freak on and maybe uh maybe not be married next time. But uh you're not my presidential candidate either way. But go get yours. Beat beat very well could have been a diversity hire that hung that sign. Just a thought. What sign? Short memories. And the crabber. Hey, guys. Great show again. Uh, Farley up quiet. here uh, Okaloosa Island. Uh, it's like Bill Burr says on racism. Uh, first of all, real racism is quiet. You look around, make sure the coast is clear, and then you insert uh, screwed up name followed by uh, more screwed up BS. Anyway, have a good weekend, boys. <clears throat> Thanks for listening in the uh, panel. That's right. It's a, it's a new initiative at the station. Just just read the lines. Go ahead. Just go with the lines. Traffic. And weather <laughs> together. The poopy pants. The poop. Gee, Steve, you you told me he stuttered. You didn't say he had, you know, he Tourette's. Okay, take two. It's like somebody running on a treadmill. It did. <laughs> hey, all you football fans out there, especially the 49ers fans. This is Jeannie from Georgia, so you know what I gotta say. Go Packers! That's gonna be a good game. A really good game. You hope. Yeah. You're gonna feel really bad it's if, a blowout. if Green Bay just gets absolutely wrecked and then yeah. you're then it's even worse for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like at this point, yeah. you're, you're Green Bay has to go to the Super Bowl for you to feel good now. Right. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs>
You know what makes that Nikki Haley story even hotter is I heard that she sucked Tiki Masala off of his neck. <laughs> She's probably more of a Vindaloo girl. Two Nikki accusers, Christine Blase Ford. Christine Blase Ford, two Nikki accusers. Typical Democrat lies, and there'll be more. Beedoo, beedoo. Todd Daytona, if you want a really strong metric on how stupid your average neighbor or citizen is, there are people that support Scott Peterson. That's it. That's all you need to know. It's messed up. I'm interested to see what they think. What the? Aren't you interested at least to hear what they think the exculpatory evidence is? Yeah, I'm curious why... Uh, they don't normally take those cases like that unless they think there's something to it. So I'm curious. Regarding the Scott Peterson case, um, I was pretty fascinated with that back in 04 when it was going down. Um, I think the evidence that they're talking about with the watch, um, one thing that I did see was I saw the pawn shop receipt from the burglary that was across the street. Um, that the two burglars had pawned um, her watch. So that was in the original case, wasn't it? <clears throat> yeah, I think it was. Hmm. You don't run if you're innocent. What about those people in prison right now for January 6th? I didn't do a thing. Four years later, no trial, nothing. Yeah, maybe you should run if you're innocent. You're not going to get a fair shake in this uh, judicial system. True. All I know is thank God Brian Kemp's over there, man, because if it wasn't for him, this New World Order, New World Order thing ain't just ain't going to work out, man, with his hillbilly ass. Just who in the heck do these people think they are with this New World Order? One, China's not going to go along with any... New World Order government. Well, they want to rule the world too anyway. Russia's not going to go along with it. Besides, I got a 230 grain piece of lead for their New World oh, Order. Oh. Let them bring it to this country. They'll see what happens. Ooh. You just threatened Klaus Schwab? You will eat the bugs. Hey, Z, what about Harrison Ford? He was innocent when he was accused of killing his wife, and he still ran. And Tommy Lee Jones checked every boathouse, hen house, and hot house in the area to try to find his ass. Well, when they find the one-armed man. Yep. But what did Tommy Lee Jones say when he had him at the edge of the waterfall? He said, I had to kill my wife. And Tommy Lee Jones said, I don't care. <laughs> If you left us a remark at 4 o'clock exactly, you did it wrong because it's blank. Hey, guys. Wow, old Nikki getting all jiggy with it in the back of her SUV. And didn't she call Ramaswamy scum at the debate? <laughs> Maybe she needs to look in the mirror? Unreal. Great observation, Heather. If you can't be loyal to your husband, who can you be loyal to? Wow. Yep. 
Okay, Florida Radio Man, diversity hires, take one, read what's on the card. Every traffic and every weather together. I'm not feeling it. You got to do better than that. Every traffic and weather, every together. <laughs> Come on, you can do better than that. Every, how about I give you a bridge report? Every barnacles and every water are in your future. Eight heads in a duffel bag. Great movie. Yeah. Oh, look at that pun coming up. This would be the one case where the cooler heads did not prevail. <laughs> that is straight up CSI Miami because their glasses yeah. go on. Yeah! <sighs> the new world order is here, folks. New, new, new world, new world order. You're going to eat the bugs. You're going to own nothing and you're going to be happy about it. John Podesta is looking through the camera and you're a smart thermostat. <laughs> He's taking pictures of your kids running around the house. It's here, folks. John Podesta is looking at through our smart thermostat. Uh, I was thinking today about an awards ceremony for some of these. Save that one, will you, Heather? And the last uh, DEI one. And and having a, a, I was looking at the original bicycle horn where the term B2B2 came mm-hmm. from. And I'd like to get, <clears throat> get it, uh, uh, what do you call it, bronzed and make a statue. Yeah, and they'll get a bronze statue and a $5 gift card to Jersey Mike's. Yes. <clears throat> and call it the B-Dewey's. What do you think? I, I think that needs to be done. Every, I'll tell you how where the cartel gets their, uh, the coke into the uh, avocados. They tell the avocados that the first batch is uh, free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Happy Friday to both of you. I hope you have a good weekend. I'm looking forward to the white people Wednesday, as some guy tried to talk about the last week. Okay, I'm going to change my name to uh, American name to Ted. Okay, talk to you later. Is that a brilliant idea? Better write it down. Yes, my name is Praveen, and I had an affair with Nikki Haley. She pulled out the Kama Sutra and showed me very, very many things that I did not know. She also gave me uh, Dirty Sanchez, and uh, we did helicopter, and she finished me off with the Tuscaloosa dumpling. Oh, beetle, beetle. Shannon Felons can't run for president. Yes, they can. As a matter of fact, <laughs> there's only, uh, we have to be uh, natural born, 35 years old, and lived in the United States for a consecutive 14 years before you announce it. <laughs> I think 
whistle lady said, go peckers. I've been masturbating ever since. <laughs> yeah, probably should root for the Packers, right? Again, it, if they get absolutely uh, demolished, it really looks bad on your resume. If they, like, yeah. Green Bay just gets destroyed. They walked all over yeah. us. Ugh. Freaky Haley goes to the same transmission shop as Michael, I mean, uh, Michelle Obama. Prove me wrong. You don't think Nikki Haley looks feminine? <clears throat> I think she looks fine. Yeah, man. I think she's a, a attractive woman. I haven't seen her up close, you know. Star Trek guy, number three. The best way I can describe the Star Trek world and reality would be like every time an AI took over a person's job, that item would become cheaper. Like at Steak and Shake, they got rid of all their servers, but their burgers went up in price. <laughs> so if the farmers got replaced, the servers got replaced, the everybody got replaced, the burger should be free because there was no labor in it. Am I making any sense? No, that makes no sense at all. And nothing is ever free. What about the cost to raise the cow, the make the beef, to buy the, uh, the the product? Star Trek, I just doesn't like people that make profit. I mean, yeah. he's he doesn't like capitalism. You think she can't be loyal to the country because she's slept around? How the hell do you think Trump's loyal to the country when he did it three times? At least. I just think that's a brilliant, uh, it would be a brilliant campaign slogan for a Democrat. But I don't care, frankly. I really don't. I don't. I could give a rat's ass about their marital problems, who they slept around with, who they, you know... Uh, uh, I don't, I have no, I don't care. I don't care if they say things that are rude from time to time. Uh, that doesn't bother me. I don't care. I want you to do the job and not judge the politician by the job. Mm-hmm. And Nikki Haley can fire back with, uh, look how flexible Nikki is for the country. <laughs> Nikki will bend over backwards for this country. Let Nikki climb on top of these this nation's problems. <laughs> we'll get right to the top. Star Trek guy likes hamburgers. I just realized that. Dude, who doesn't? Somebody please get Star Trek guy some might all for the love of the good Lord above. <laughs> so he, he walks in and sees that they've moved to, you know, not know, to self-service, and he thinks, oh, the hell is, I bet the food's cheaper now. <laughs> well, tonight's flow is 42 degrees. The wind coming in from the northwest at 10 to 15 <laughs> miles an hour. The weekend's not bad. 58 degrees is your high, partly cloudy. And I'm Arlen Brando. Traffic and weather at the top of the hour. <laughs> Could it be that Nikki Haley was the darling Nikki that uh, Prince was singing about? Hmm? Maybe. Oh, but Trump should open his next uh, rally with darling oh, Nikki. Darling, that's a great idea. The, the Prince version or the Foo Fighters version? I mean, both are good. He'd probably get away easier with the Prince version. Yeah, probably so. 
Star Trek guy here. <laughs> Once again, I don't mind if people make money. It's when people make ridiculous amounts of money that they can't spend in their lifetime, own 12 mansions, and are literally killing us and replacing us with robots. That's where I draw the line. I'm not mad at middle management. I'm not mad at upper management. It's the CEOs and the heads of corporations that are just wasting money. Be-do-be-do. Most I, Steak and Shakes are franchise-owned. Yeah. Uh, I doubt a lot of them are owned by a guy that has uh, too much money that he doesn't know what to, how to spend it. Right. You're lucky to drag uh, 18%, 20% of the bottom line in that in that business, you know, after you're and I, all of a sudden done. I mean, I get where he, he wants to say it, that there should be uh, a price drop to the people if there's no workers there. But the bottom line of an employee really actually isn't that much when it comes to most businesses. Uh, they probably cost more in their rent. Uh, oh, yeah. Their utilities. Right. The inflation of all the goods that are in there. They're, so really, in the long run, getting rid of that employee probably didn't redu- reduce their cost by that much. Right. It probably helped them bear <clears throat> the increase in, you know, other other things they buy. Uh, we got darkness oh, coming up. This, you know, remember the old double mint uh, gum? The what? Double mint gum commercials. Double mint gum. Yeah, yeah. they had twins in them. Double right? your pleasure. Double your fun. Hell yeah. Double your murder when you have twins that are killing. What? Yep. Twins that kill. Yeah, twins that kill. Together. Together. Oh, well, I mean, wow. You have that weird psychic link. Yeah, already, they have. A, so they have a link. Does that mean like that- you're never going to get away with it if your if your twin kills somebody because you're going to be like, oh, I felt him kill him again. Ah. Oh. Uh, even if you didn't help kill him, you probably go, okay. I helped kill him too. We're twins. We're going to stick together. As long as we stay in the same cell. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, next. Stick around. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. It's just a big dysfunctional family. Bubba the Love Spot, the Don Miller Show, Bill O'Reilly, Dan Bongino, Shannon Burke, and Jesse Kelly. Usually just going one step too far. Yup, Florida Man Radio. WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Donellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. A couple of music fans uh, are suing Madonna. Um... Two dudes, Michael Fellows and Jonathan Hyden of the Bronx, bought tickets for Madonna's December 13th celebration tour at Barclays Center. The show was supposed to start at 8.30. Madonna didn't take the stage until after 10.45, according to the lawsuit. The men say they were confronted with limited public transportation, limited ride-sharing, and increased public and private transportation costs by the time the show let out at 1 a.m. Not to mention they had to get up early for work and take care of their family responsibilities the next day. It's simply unconscionable, unfair, and or deceptive trade practices for promising the public the concert would begin at 8.30. Knowing that Madonna would not be giving the performing at the advertised time, they're arguing that there was a breach of contract. I'm not going to argue against these guys because I, I, I agree with them a little bit. 
Uh, now, I know it's it's frivolous in the end, but it is. If you say you're going to make it on stage at 8 o'clock and you don't show up until almost 11 uh, on a weekday, hey, i got to work the next day. I, I budgeted my time that I could be home by midnight. I don't know that she's notorious for this, but, you know, some performers are. <laughs> Asshole. Uh, yeah. They, you just know they're going to be later. They're going to show up hammered and, you know. Uh, but I think that's the, the risk you take. When you go to see a, a live concert, it's going to be late. It's going to be, uh, you know, I remember Kim went to a, uh, a 80s music festival in Miami and there was rain. It was one of these three day deals. There was rain one day before Tears for Fears, uh, but everything had dried up. But Tears for Fears still said they didn't want to play because the stage was wet. And she boycotted Tears for Fears for like three years. <laughs> like we'd be driving to the car, listening to the 80s music station and. And they'll come on and she'll go, poof, F them for a while. <laughs> and then after a while, I was like, okay, hold on. It's been like two and a half years now. Can we just listen to, just give it, give it a, so we're, I don't know. I mean, I, I understand there are uh, extenuating circumstances, but that's one hour. That's an hour and a half. When it gets to be almost three hours and nobody's come out and said, hey, uh, we're sorry. Madonna was caught up in a blizzard or uh, Madonna's face fell off a little bit and we had to get her surgeon <laughs> to fix it or something. Uh, a, a guy from Florida sued her in November of 2019. Alleging they had moved the concert later than originally planned. Uh, I, You know. I would be pissed. I mean, here's the thing. It costs uh, about, I don't know what it costs in New York City, but I would say 400 bucks to sue anybody. The court cost a couple, maybe a couple hundred. So they want free, they just want their, their refund on the tickets. The, the tickets must have been phenomenally expensive. Oh, sure. The Barclays Center to see Madonna? What, a grand a piece, maybe? Maybe not that much, but probably in the 500 range. Do they still enjoy the show? They couldn't. I mean, they're like people. a couple of old queens that are just pissed. Uh, I mean, okay, if you paid the tickets and you had to be, uh, let's say you worked the graveyard shift and you eight thirty, you the concert show started eight thirty, uh, you knew you had to be at work at three a.m. So you're like, okay, uh, there's no way the concert goes that long. I can go out there. I can go to the show. I can still get to the to my job. It goes until she doesn't get on the stage till eleven o'clock. Then she puts in an hour and a half barely of a show, and you're now rushing to get to work. Is that fair to you that you uh, you paid the tickets? You paid the price. Uh, and <clears throat> you knew the job was dangerous when you took it. If you had to go to work at 3 a.m., you know, you weren't going to get any sleep anyway. I've never been to a show that started late. I mean, I've been to shows that started late because of weather and things like that. I've never been to an, an arena oh, show. Yeah, I've been to one that's been delayed by rain. Yeah, I've never been to an arena show where... Uh, it delayed because then I would I'd be pissed if that's the case. And I don't know that I'd be. Uh, how long would you give it for? Uh, I mean, they had their wait what three hours? Uh, uh, eight, almost. Eight, yeah, almost three hours. How how long would you wait? I know you like to go see live music a lot. What's your uh, what would be your limit? Uh, probably after it depends on the tickets. If I'm if I paid a lot of money, I'll probably will sit through that full three hours because I paid a lot of money for it. Uh, but if I paid, uh, you know, a minimal amount or got them for free or something like that, I'd probably an hour. I'm out like I'm out of here. Nah, <laughs> I'll see him next time. Yeah, me too. Probably. Um, Alex Jones says there's no way Tucker's running. Okay, Don Jr. says Tucker Carlson is on 
the table to be dad's VP. Okay, I love Don Jr. And I love his joke about making me the press secretary. And I think he's a great guy. And he's, he's teasing a 2028 run. I love Don Jr. I think he's a great guy. But I've talked to Tucker, and everybody else has talked to Tucker. He is not running for Trump's VP. He doesn't want power. He wants to fish and hunt all day and do his shows. And he's not going to be Trump's VP. So it's hype to sit there and say he's on the table. Well, maybe he's on the table because Melania and Trump have asked him. And by the way, they have. And Tucker has said on air, and I've talked to him off air, and said, God would have to, because I read this in the news, I talked to Tucker, he said, God would have to appear before me and tell me to run as VP. So it's not happening. We need to talk about who Trump's real VP will be, somebody he can trust. Uh, yeah, I think writing was on the wall for that. Yeah, it never was going to happen. It was a... Uh, I think the number one reason is because it, I don't think it pays enough to pay Tucker's bills. <laughs> and he's on a billion. He's worth a ton of money. Um, you know what I mean? And he's I think too he's busy with all his other stuff. I think he's better used doing what he's doing right now with, with that connection he has with Trump. Where he can, you know. Dip in and talk to him. Are you ready to uh, get dark? Yes. Let's, let's, let's do, do that. It. It's disturbing history with EZ. There's a lot of history out there. Some of it isn't in the books. Ah, twins. Twins. They're hot when they're blondes. Yeah. Not so much when they're murdering people. And apparently it happens more often than you would possibly think. You really what, think that like, the odds of this are super low? Yeah, what a tiny little, uh, uh, you know... Uh, uh, demographic. Yeah, I mean, uh, the twins that hang together murder together, too, I apparently. I, I think the only, uh, if you're going to be a, cr a twin criminal, uh, is you you do it in a way where the uh, the identical you is seen somewhere else. Alibi. Uh, yeah, and you use it as a as an alibi your way out of stuff. Like, there's no way. Here's what I was right here. Do you have a twin? Of course not. Duh. <laughs> or he... Uh, also scare the person that you're murdering too because they go in one room and it's like ah then you go to the next room they're running away that <laughs> like Michael Myers over there yeah. ah we'll start <clears throat> around 4 a.m. June 30th 2014 in Fresno California a 35 year old woman was beaten to death by two 18 year old twins named Gerald and Jared Smith a passerby 49 year old Nathan Halsted came upon the scene while riding his bike and he tried to intervene that's when the twins turned their attention to Halsted and over the course of five minutes they twins beat and kicked Halstead unconscious. Good Lord. Gerald and Gerald are not the greatest people. Uh, the car, a car arrived on the scene. The driver tried to stop Halstead's bleeding, at which point the twins left the 49-year-old lying in the road and attacked the driver. A second car came down the road and swerving to avoid Halstead's bike, instead hit Halstead, who was lying in the road. Jeez. This is a comedy of errors going on here. Uh, after Halstead was run over, the Smith boys fled the scene finally. One of the two, boys, uh, two drivers had noticed that one of the twins had touched the hood of his car during the violent spree. Fingerprints were lifted, ah. and the police identified the culprit as Gerald Smith. Twins were picked up a short time later. As it is the bad part about being twins is like once your uh, one twin gets fingered that hey he committed a crime. Are, you, are your fingerprints identical? No, not that they're identical. It's the fact that uh, they, if 
Gerald is put on the scene, and the guy goes, I saw two people on there, and they looked exactly the same. Uh, Jared's going to jail, too. Because right. He oh, won- yeah. yeah you, you, you would know, unless one of them confesses, right? Uh, at the time, Gerald and Jared are, are still currently awaiting trial. The driver that ran over mm-hmm. Halstead has not been charged. Mm-hmm. Which is rare. Usually when you run a person over on the road, they still charge you with that. Um, yeah, usually. May 22nd, 1998. Ophthalmologist Jack Wilson walked into his home in Huntsville, Alabama and found an intruder in his house. The intruder attacked Jack with an aluminum baseball bat and then stabbed him twice. Wow. Sadly, Jack Wilson did not survive the assault. The people of Huntsville thought it was a robbery that had gone horribly wrong, seeing as 55-year-old Jack was a well-liked and respected figure in the community. A week after the deadly home invasion, James White, a 41-year-old carpenter who lived 150 miles away, was arrested and charged with Wilson's murder. Three days after the arrest, Betty Wilson, who was Jack Wilson's wife, and her twin sister, Peggy Lowe, were also arrested and charged with murder. Uh Uh-oh. In White's confession, he said that he and Peggy Lowe were having an affair. Peggy was married and wasn't planning on leaving her husband, but hoped that something would just happen to him. In response, White said he could take care of the problem. Peggy didn't take him up on the offer herself, but said her twin sister, uh, Betty, who was in a similar situation, wanted something to happen to her husband. So White agreed to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, it's, apparently twin murder is yeah. like a dynamic thing going on. Wow. Uh, he said he was given $2,500 before the killing, plus $300 in expenses. And he was promised $2,500 after the murder. Always remember to pay your hitman's expenses. Yeah. I know it sounds like extra stuff. You're like, right, I'm already paying the guy $2,500 ahead and $2,500 after. Pay for his hotel, his uh, incidentals. It'll, in the long run, it'll help you out. That's just free advice. Yeah. Maybe give him some gas money. Uh, Betty Wilson and White were convicted for murder and given life sentences. Uh, life sentences. Peggy, although herself, though, was acquitted. What? She, well, Peggy didn't actually do anything. Oh, that's right. Peggy was just kind of the in-between. Wow. So a lot like, um, what was the name of the actual play? I know they've done a couple of movies after, I think, Strangers on a Train or... Something like that, where basically two guys meet on a train. They're like, "Hey, I, I really could kill my uh, kill my wife." And the other guy's like, "I could kill my wife too." And then he's like, "Well, you, I'll kill your wife if you kill my wife. It'll give us a perfect alibi. We don't know each other." Wow. Yeah, I was with that. There's been a couple movies that are made off the. Do they kill thing. each other's wives? Uh, I think one backs out of it. Uh. Depends on the one you see. <laughs> uh, Peggy claims that both she and her sister are innocent. She said she knew White but denied the affair. She also said that White was mentally ill after serving in Vietnam and he just happened to randomly kill her brother-in-law who lived in a different city so far away from his home. Hmm. December 11th, 1989 in Wolverine Lake, Michigan. 28-year-old Gretchen Graham and her twin sister Gloria Franklin were spending some time together in Gretchen's home watching her four-year-old son, Sean Michael Graham. No, if these are wrestling fans or anything like that. New kid, Shawn Michael. Uh, the boy started misbehaving, so the sisters locked him in a bedroom. Somehow, while Shawn was locked in the bedroom, he managed to start a fire. Oh, boy. When the fire broke out, neither sister tried to free him, nor did they call the help for help, and as a result of the area in action, Shawn died in the fire. The mother and sister were arrested in December 1991, almost two years to the day after the deadly blaze. They pleaded guilty to second-degree murder, received sentences of 80 to 40 years in prison. Oh, wow. <laughs> They didn't do anything. They just let the fire burn. Yeah. The lawyers for both women said that the twins should not have been held responsible for the death because both of them had limited mental capacity. Hmm. They should have fought harder. April 1st, 1990. 85-year-old Walter Gibbs was found home uh, dead in his home in Bell Forge, South Dakota. Originally, the death was ruled natural. 85-year-old guy. Eh. 
A year later, however, the police were told that Darlene Phillips, 46-year-old woman in prison, was bragging about murdering Gibbs. Darlene, there is no street cred you get in prison in South Dakota prison for killing an 85-year-old man. Why would you even bring that up? Uh, Darlene, who was married and twice divorced, uh, uh, she uh, was serving a 50-year sentence for trying to kill Gibbs uh, by burning down his house while he slept on a couch <laughs> just months before he died. She was sentenced four months after Gibbs' death. Police what did she want? His uh, life insurance or something? Well, or inheritance? Yeah, she tried or? to kill him, but maybe old Darlene called uh, Dolores up afterwards. Police exhumed Gibbs' body and clue that he was murdered. Wow. Of course, they suspected Darlene's husband, Jerome. Jerome confessed that he smothered Gibbs with a pillow while Darlene held his legs down. Jerome wow. also said that Darlene's twin sister, Dolores, well, she has a part of it, too. And she got in her way and uh, said, sat in the other room while the deed was being done. It turned out that Dolores had also married Gibbs twice. 85-year-old Gibbs was getting it on with the yeah. twins. Wow. And that, that it was, so it was revenge killing or... Uh, Dolores was first married when she was 18. Uh, their marriage uh, ended after 10 years. And then Darlene married Gibbs. After they divorced, Gibbs went another round of marriage with each twin. South Dakota. So you're kind of like with the same woman the whole time. Basically. This dude knew what he liked. Yeah. He liked exactly how Darlene and Dolores looked. I wonder if their, their personalities were similar or do they have different, totally different you know, traits about them? That's a, a, such a weird one, too, because it, you get into an argument and you're like, ah, yo, your twin sister's better than you anyway. Or you go, get out of here and tell your sister to come over here. <laughs> I'm gonna or you get into an interchangeable arrangement with them. Look, I'm sick of you right now. Could you just go uh, to the uh, other part of the house and send your sister over here? I'll, she'll be my wife. I am now. done with Darlene. Bring Dolores in. Yeah. As for why the twins wanted Gibbs dead, it was because Dolores was the beneficiary of his will. Dolores, Darlene, and Phyllis were arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit murder. Darlene was convicted with given life sentence while Dolores was acquitted. So, if you just sat in the other room while your former ex, former ex, ex, <laughs> sister banger yeah. is getting murdered in the other room, <laughs> apparently you get off in South Dakota. Wow. September 9, 2006, 22-year-old Donta Hall's girlfriend, Angela Glenn, was paid to be a stripper at a house party down in Eustis, Florida. They don't do it for free. Of course not. You don't just go stripper and party there. During the party, Glenn called Dante's a identical twin brother, also Dante. What? The two, two twin brothers both named Dante? Yeah, one's D-O-N-T-E, Dante, and the other one's D-A-N-T-E, Dante. Oh, my God. I hate when people do that with their twins. It's horrible for their twins as well. Yeah, it's got to suck. Well, we already in the had same room together. Jared and Gerald as well. And then Dolores and Darlene. <laughs> uh, so Glenn called Dante's identical twin, Dante, to tell him where all the valuables in this house were. The old be a stripper at a party to tell people where their oh, valuables in. Oh, scope it out first. Shortly after the call, Dante arrived at the house armed with, a 40, with an AK-47. The brothers, along with two accomplices, put on masks and forced their way to the house, and once inside, things turned violent. The home invasion left 35-year-old Anthony Bernard Blunt and 32-year-old Keyson Evans dead and two, mother, two other men injured. Dante and Dante were arrested after a stripper told police she recognized Dante's clothes and his voice. Well, she called him. No, this was another stripper. Oh. This wasn't a one-stripper party. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> over in Eustis, there are at least a right. two stripper party over in Eustis. <laughs> when the brothers went to trial, they tried separately with their own team of lawyers. Uh, Dante's defense team tried to make Dante's out to be the evil twin. Dante was the one carrying the AK-47, and he shot Kisson Evans in the face. Uh, Dante was armed as well, and he may have fired the bullet that killed Anthony Bernard Blunt. As a result of the trial, Dante was given the death penalty, while Dante was given two life sentences. <laughs> Dante had the worst lawyers, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have two life sentences, you're not get, ever getting out. No, but it's not the death penalty. True. Wow. I wonder if they get to room together. No, because one's on death row. Yeah. Damn. Thankfully, too, because uh, after a while, uh, whoever the guards are like, no, 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 your name's something different. We're calling you Paul from here on out. I'm not going to do this right. Dante, yeah. Dante stuff. Yeah, if I'm one of those guys, you know, if I'm one of the twins, I, I'm, you know, just call me Dan. How's that? It, yeah, you had to at some point. But I honestly would think with these guys, they may have been using it to commit extra crimes. Like, they never knew if it was Dante or Dante that were hanging out. Right, because everyone was pronounced both Dante. Yeah. On the even of August 7th, 1993, police officer in Salem, Oregon, went to the house where Richard and Grace Remy lived. They were an elderly couple. And when they didn't answer the door, the officer went around the back to the house. There he found evidence of a break-in. The officer entered the house and found 80-year-old Richard and 80-year-old Grace, both dead. Both brutally beaten and strangled. Not long after, 15-year-old twins Liddell and Lacelle White were arrested for the murder. The twins who lived close to the victims had criminal records dating back three years for crimes of harassment, burglary, carrying a concealed weapon, and sexual abuse. Oh, These are 15-year-olds. Uh, their original sentence was life without parole, but that was ruled cruel and unusual because they were 15-year-olds. Yeah. So now Lacelle is allowed to apply for parole in 2048, while Liddell can apply in 2050. Lydell and Lysel. Yeah. and Lydell. Damn it, people. It doesn't get any better with the names. Uh, how about Tasmia and Jasmia? <laughs> Tasmia and Jasmia? Mm-hmm. <laughs> January 13, 2010. 16 year old twins, Tasmia and Jasmia Whitehead, started arguing with 16? their mother. 16? Mm-hmm. They were arguing with their mother in their Georgia home because they woke up late for school. According to the twins, their mother started threatening them with pot. Pot. With a pot, excuse oh. me. That same makes more sense. I had to set pause for a second, too. <laughs> um, if you don't get ready to school, I'm going to give you some pot. <laughs> I know. You're starting them with a pot. And the fight got physical. The twins broke a vase over their mother's head and oh. strangled her with a ribbon from a childhood medallion. Probably one of those, like, uh, field day yeah, awards. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, oh, we got second place. Ah. <laughs> That's what you get, Mom. Killing her? Uh, they then took a uh, turn stabbing their mother with a kitchen knife. Okay. All right. Which uh, That's one of those twin pack things. If one's getting in, the other one's getting into it. It's one of those, like, and then he's like, all right, now you have to stab her. Ah, that's right. Jeez. Uh, They said their mother's last words were that she hated them. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. I hate you. That's why I named you Tasmia and Jasmia. Oh. After the murder, the twins started to clean up the scene, but then decided against it and went to school. The whole argument was about the fact that they were late for school. and They murdered their mom. They're like, hey, let's just get her to dad and left her on the floor. Uh, they had expected the police to be there and their mother's body gone when they got home. They were so they were so grossed up about cleaning up all the blood, so they just thought, ah, the cops will show up and clean this oh, all yeah, up. Oh, yeah, right. Like, they clean it up. Uh, instead, uh, they flagged down a passing police car. Uh, the first officer at the scene said the crime scene was, quote, gory. The twins initially said they had come home and found their mother dead. They were arrested four months later and confessed to killing her, and they both received 30 years in prison. 
Just 30, huh? That's it. That's the nice part about killing people when you're young. Wow. Don't do it. It's it's a like a side effect, but don't do it. I wonder how they figured out that they did it. They confessed over time. Oh. <laughs> uh, they went to school with blood all over them, apparently. So they're, they weren't the, the criminal masterminds. You think? They didn't clean themselves up? Well, I mean, they probably did. They probably cleaned a little bit, but they, when you stab a person multiple times, yeah, it's not a, a quick uh, let me go over and just grab a shower type of thing. Right. Shortly after 9 p.m. on April 1st, 1999. Two different murders on April 1st. That's weird for twins. It's like wow. one of those weird, like, celestial things going on there. A Capricorn, so bad. Yeah, a 44 year old named Deborah Bauckham found a 223 caliber rifle assault uh, caliber assault rifle under one of the bed covers in her 11-year-old twin son's bedroom. After confronting her sons, one of the twins, neither identified because they were 11 years old, wrestled with her and the other one shot her in the arm with a handgun. No. That, that's a different gun than the one that she was already confronted about. <coughs> the twin's father, 46-year-old William Bauckham, ran to the bedroom to save his wife and he was shot twice in the neck. When oh. the twin's 16-year-old sister called 911, <coughs> they shot her too. Shortly after the shooting, police arrived at the scene and found one of the twins calmly feeding a rabbit. Tell me about the rabbits, George. <laughs> uh, Deborah, the mother, and Robin, the sister, survived the shooting, but the father, William, succumbed to his injuries. The twins were sentenced to up to six years in prison and would be released when they reached the age of 18. How old were they? 11. Wow. 11. Yikes. Uh, the police do not believe the twins had planned to kill their family. They had simply disobeyed by storing their parents' guns in their beds which led to an argument which resulted in a deadly shooting. That's really unfortunate. With one more that people that don't have weird names, at least, that of Joel and Michael Stovall. Their parents at least loved them enough not to give <laughs> yeah. them rhyming names or anything like that. Around 9 p.m. on September 29, 2001 in Penrose, Colorado, Sheriff's Deputy Jason Schwartz responded to a call saying that 24-year-old Joel Stovall had shot his neighbor's dog five times. Joel was arrested and put in the back of Schwartz's police car. At which point, the Stovall family started to confront Officer Schwartz, so he called for backup. Things got worse when Joel's twin brother, Michael, was also arrested for uttering threats. Unfortunately, Michael hadn't been frisked before he was put in the back of the cruiser. Rookie move. Unfortunately, yes. As the deputy drove the twins toward the police station, Michael asked Schwartz to let them go or else Schwartz or else. Schwartz ignored them, at which point Michael took out a pair of handcuff keys from his pocket. Michael came prepared. Yeah, yeah. gun and a handcuff keys. Uh... And he freed himself. Michael pulled one of the two handguns he had in his pocket. That's right. He had handcuffs two? and two handguns in his pocket. <laughs> That's like Bubba the Love Sponge. Yeah, this cop. <sighs> unfortunately, he messed up badly. That he he arrested one, but missed the guy that had two guns and and the handcuff yeah. keys in his pocket. Uh, Michael pulled it out, shot Schwartz in the back of the head. The car crashed in the ditch, and the twins pulled Schwartz out of the car and shot the deputy sixteen times before fleeing to the nearby town of Florence, where they had rented a trailer. They loaded the trailer with weapons and ammo before they left it. Uh, two officers arrived. The twins opened fire on their car, and the officers crashed. One of the officers, Police Corporal Toby Bethel, was shot several times, and his injuries left him permanently paralyzed. Mm. After the ambush, the Stovall twins stole a truck and led police on a high-speed chase. As the chase progressed, the brothers fired, uh, fired at pursuing officers and threw stuff from the back of the truck. They were able to put one police car out of commission by throwing a typewriter at it. Just happened to have that in the truck. The like inspector gadget of just stuff coming out of their <laughs> Get pocket. Get the rider. Uh, the twins also set up ambushes for the police that injured a number of them. Finally, the twins ran over road spikes and encountered a police roadblock. Once they hit the roadblock, they turned around and drove off. A short distance away, they abandoned the truck and escaped into the mountains. Holy crap! Over the next 24 hours, police and tactical teams searched for the brothers, but the twins ended up turning themselves in. 
They eluded them for a day. In total, they killed one officer, paralyzed another, and injured 17 more. Oh. Uh, they were both given life imprisonment without the possibility of parole, plus 896 years. Okay. Yeah, that judge threw the book at them. <laughs> wow. I wonder why they turned themselves in. Uh, let's see. It was Colorado, so I bet you it was cold. Uh. <laughs> yeah, do your crimes. Uh, go on your high-speed police chase in the summer. So many twins would be involved in so many deaths. It is, yeah, very odd thing. Is such a small contingent right. of people. All right. When we return, uh, a male nurse, sixty years old, claims he got quote carried away when he stuck his face in an elderly in an elderly woman's vagina during a, oh, an elderly, I mean, eighty five during a quote unscheduled home health visit. I th- I don't know what who's going to motorboat it. I have no idea. He got carried away. Yeah. Also, I don't understand. There's a lot of this in my uh, in my f- uh, social media feeds of uh, girls at the gym and 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 bitching about guys that look at them. Uh, then they call that this male behavior is insane right now. I think it's exactly what these women want. Stick around. It's a Shannon Burr show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Children in poverty, each one unique. Each one full of dreams. They're our hope, our future. They're the reason Children International exists. When the whole world changed, we developed new ways to reach children and families in poverty during these vulnerable times. I'm learning every day. I'm healthy and strong. To learn more, go to children.org slash help today. There's a, uh, I'll play a piece of audio. Another uh, dude who will not be reinvited to the World Economic Forum in Davos. Uh, this is uh, Kevin Roberts. He is the president of the Heritage Foundation, uh, PhD in American history, a really bright guy, uh, and he does a, a, a nifty takedown. It's protecting liberal democracy. Ooh. It's equally- standing up for it. Or anyone, or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. It's equally, standing up for it. <clears throat> it's 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 equally laughable to use the word dictatorship at Davos, and and aim that at President Trump. In fact, I think that's absurd. But I'm a step aside from that constructive criticism and instead answer your question. Yep. And and I'm going to be substantive here. President Trump, if he's the next president, for that matter, I think whoever the next conservative president is going to take on the power of the elites, which I've mentioned earlier. But the the thing that I want to drive home here, the very reason that I'm here at Davos, is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal, but that you're part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X, when in fact reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. President Trump will take that on on behalf of the average American. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. 
just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. It's like a, a permanent gaslighting we get <clears throat> on every single thing. Hold on, he's got a... President Trump will take that I know it's long, but it's worth it. Thirdly, I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum is climate change. Elites tell us that we, we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions, the average person know, ba based on climate change, are far worse and more harmful and cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating, than do the problem and the problems themselves. Fourth, two more here, Robin. The fourth, China. The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only do we at, at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. Count on President Trump ending that nonsense. And fifth, as we sit here, another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing foisting gender ideology upon the global south. These are practices that are under review, if not being rejected, by countries in Northern Europe. The new president, especially if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood. And do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him. And it's connected to Senator Portman's excellent point that in addition to needing a vigorous executive, we look forward to having the popular will inform both the House and Senate in 2025 to pass laws on all of those issues and many others. Ultimately, Robin, I think President Trump, if in fact he wins a second term, is going to be inspired by the wise words of Javier Millet who said that he was in power not to guide sheep, but to awaken lions. That's a takedown, pretty much. And, and again, he's in front of that whole audience of global, uh, uh, you know, these globalists that, that you know, drool over uh, you know, international global law and a global currency and complete and utter control and you will eat the bugs and all of that nonsense. Um, it's, uh, you know, I haven't seen this. We didn't see this at the last Davos, the last World Economic Forum. There, were, there weren't. I think there's some fighting back this time. Outlanders. Yeah, there weren't out, out, outliers uh, last time, but this time there are. And I think it's. Uh, yeah, but then you end up with the Soros kid going out there and talking about uh, Trump is evil and he will destroy democracy. And then uh, um, uh, um, uh, um, uh. <laughs> that dude needs to, if he's going to do a lot more speeches, he they got to teach him. <clears throat> To get out and talk? Yeah, because he is not good at it. Well, he's going to have to take the reins here because his old man looks like his face is about to slide off his skull. Uh, yeah, but the the four or five half-nude men that are always around his dad are probably giving him blood anyway, so True. he'll live forever. <laughs> that dude gets dipped into more water with by half-nude men than every picture you see of George Soros is him. Like all frail, and but there's always like two or three buff dudes yeah. dropping him into like get put him into the river or put him into at the beach and stuff like that. He's one of those, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Here again, this is Javier Becerra. This is this is what you're going to hear. And I'm not going to play it all because it's way too long. Uh, this is what you're going to hear in the march up to 
the 2024 general election? We want to make sure that people can discern the truth from the misinformation. For since the beginning of time, man has relied on his own instincts to discern the truth from the not the truth, right? We've never sought a body, an organization, a person to tell us the truth. Unless, you know, Jesus Christ, you're saving. You know what I mean? But now... We were, I think also a long time we were taught to believe. Well, because we expected our government or our news media to not lie to us. Right. We want to make sure that people can discern the truth from the misinformation. And we want to make sure that everyone understands that no one's safe till everyone's safe. No one is 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 safe. Remember that talk? No one is safe? Over the the vaccine? No one was safe until everybody was safe. This is the, the misinformation, uh, disinformation, uh, we'll tell you the truth drive is going back to the same card. Nobody is safe until everybody is safe. And everybody won't be safe until everybody thinks the same. No one is safe till everybody's safe. <laughs> this is disturbing. Uh, uh, this is weird. A British dude, 60 years old, a nurse, male nurse. He shows up at a woman's house. She's an 85-year-old woman <clears throat> for what he tells her is an unscheduled home health visit. They don't really get into the t- detail of how they got into the position. Uh, at some point in the unscheduled, this guy, by the way, works for the in the orthopedic department. Uh, she was uh, waist down, naked, and in, a, in in some type of position in which she was able to, uh, I'll say, like uh, pressed his face into the elderly woman's vagina. To which she responded. What on earth are you doing? And pushed him away. And then said, let me see some ID. (laughs) (laughs) Got a little too far before you started asking for ID. Yeah, you may want to see that up front before you're buck naked. Some guy's looking at your vagina. Uh, he, uh, He didn't provide his ID. The woman told the cops that uh, that responded to the house that he had told her that he quote got carried away. It it's he was a trusted guy. He apparently researched the victim, though knowing uh, they no longer needed evening care, orchestrated an unscheduled home visit, knowing that he would not be disturbed when committing an assault. Uh, I mean, was he trying? Uh, he's she's eighty five. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe she's holding up good. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he uh, he saw that. Uh, I mean, how I do you get her? Past Cougar, what does she become? Listen, I'm going to have to ask you. It might be uncomfortable. I mean, remove your uh, pantaloons, please. And and uh, uh, if you could uh, bend your knees and spread your legs a little bit. And he got carried away. It's disgusting. I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard of this. This uh, apparently in South Tampa, there's a, a, a bass sound. They call it a bass sound, and I don't know if it's a humming, um, but it is. Uh, it, it, they've had this before. It's oh, it has rhythm and tone. So apparently, they believe that it's black drumfish mating. <laughs> <laughs> 
Could it possibly be that? There's got to be a gazillion black drumfish out there. If if South Tampa can hear it. (laughs) Man, you hear that noise? Yeah. Yeah. Fish sex again. Yeah, man. Well, I do know that when uh, fish are spawning, it's, it's, but that's a lot of getting out well. Goldfish, anyway, there's a lot of jumping out of the water. The sound is plaguing residents there. Nobody's able to really confirm what it is. Uh, it could be the sound of blackfish drum mating. It's a mating season right now. It's a low-frequency sound, so they travel much better and go further distances, and they go through uh, dissimilar media more efficiently. The mating sound travels through the ground, which explains why homes more than a mile from the water can hear it. Man, I don't know if I believe that. And what are they going to do if they do find out that's what the noise is? They're all they're going to be able to do is like, yeah, you can't stop it. Fish sex. There can be a guy out there with like a like a pot or something like that. Yeah, stop it. Break it up. Stop it. <laughs> well, uh, one guy at the University of South Florida College of Marine Science helped people in Cape Coral, Punta Gorda, sign that solve their mystery. Of uh, they installed underwater recorders and had neighbors listen and log their observations. <laughs> Who uh, they bought a bunch of uh, microphones and uh, they don't have any answers yet. Hopefully, the microphones in the water uh, or they're going to be recording until April. Once they analyze it, they may be able to understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're about to pay five grand to listen to some hardcore fish sex. Fish sex. I mean, is it a sound they make to attract other fish, or it's actually the, like the slamming it? Sound, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, boy, uh, Snoop uh, Dogg is uh, in the news again. This time, he turned. He, he revealed that he's turned down a big payday. The folks at OnlyFans, they wanted him to come to OnlyFans. Uh, and it made a rather hefty offer to him. It was $100 million, accordingly. Uh, all you got to do is pull out that thing, he was told, by Calvin Cordorzar Brod. Oh, that's his full name, Calvin Cordorzar? What the hell? Uh, Slink Jackson, the, uh, on the Internet, he had some show. He said, I got a black wife, man, referring to his, his wife for a long time, Shantae. Uh, ain't no way in the world she's going to allow me to go up there and pull that thing out for for no amount of money. I think if my, my, if I, if my wife, if I went to my wife and said, look, these people call me and said, pull it out and they're going to give us uh, 50 grand a month. She'd say, oh, we'll start pulling it out. Yeah. Also, if Snoop wasn't where he is now, I think Snoop's wife would be like, yeah, you get that thing out. Yeah. $100 million? Right. You yeah. got to be waggling it to all the people. <laughs> you got fired from your solo stove gig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's either not true or true. I mean, I'm sure he was offered, but he doesn't have to. Right. Snoop is in the in the spot of his life that even $100 million, he doesn't have to show his junk. Right. Younger Snoop, Snoop, younger Snoop. Yeah, Snoop. Junk, yeah. He'd had that sucker out there uh, laying on a glass table for him. Snoop without a blunt roller mm-hmm. in the old days? Yeah, he might go out and get it. But I think he'd have to do more than pull his thing out, you know? I don't think I don't I really don't think people are going to uh line up to see I don't think they pay. You know, I, I, honestly I think weirdly well they probably would. There'd be a lot of women that'd be like, "All right, how much is it? $10 a month? I'll take a look to see what it looks like." 
Uh, well, the uh, Domino's in UK is uh, created. You know the, the pizza bag. It's uh, the you know they make it out of some insulation stuff that keeps the pizza hot. Well, they've managed to make an entire suit, like some kind of uh, NASA space suit, out of the same stuff in the same red and blue color scheme of Domino's logo. It's got a front pocket. It's got a clear pocket of your smartphone. Um, it's got uh, a napkin pocket, hands, the, the like mittens you can take off. A full head hood, and it's you know it'll keep you at least eighty degrees warm in there. We're in the this big dip in the, in the people dying of hypothermia. The, the, the Domino's heat suit may be able to save you, except it's thirty five hundred dollars. That's the the bad part about it. If they could get it down to uh, fifty hundred bucks. Uh, I think it should be every migrant that comes over the border gets handed a Domino's suit. Yeah, if you're handed out north, all those uh, those guys in New York City complaining because it's too cold. Really, not for me. The cold weather, you know, it's not very good. It's cold for me. Well, here's your Domino's suit. <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of guys laying on the sidewalk. <laughs> a bunch of Domino's suits. They're kind of puffy looking. Yeah. Walking by, like, I really actually probably some order some Domino's tonight. Yeah, the bag uses specialized fiber that can reach temperatures of 482. Uh, and, you know, keep it that warm, uh, and it's guaranteed to keep you, you know, your body temperature in there to keep the inside of the suit at eighty degrees, no matter how cold it is outside. And I mean, if they could get it down to a manageable price, <laughs> which I don't think they get it that cheap, uh, it's got Domino's logos all over it and a it's bunch of homeless guys blue there. and red Domino's. <laughs> I mean, you're a walking billboard with that sucker on. Uh, it's called the heat suit. Um, they did a collabo with a, uh, a high-end uh, retailer. Uh, it's early days for the trial. Customers can't get their hands on one just yet, but it could be together uh, soon. Wow. They do, those pizzas do arrive hot, you know? Uh, I was in a mall, as you know, the other day. I had to go to an Apple store. Apple stores are only in malls. I don't get that because malls are really... Apple stores may be the only thing holding malls together. Probably a good chance nowadays. We have had several here, uh, malls. That some are ghost towns. They're struggling. We'll, we'll, we'll put par- apartments in here. We'll put a hotel in here. we got to find something to do with this. Uh, so uh, and I, 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 the, it's the same all over the country. Big time retailers are, uh, you know, leaving malls. It was a great idea, the mall. I mean, I still think it's a viable idea. They just haven't figured out how to keep it under control. What do you think was the death of the mall? I thought it was uh, Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. Yeah. <clears throat> but you, you got to, they never, uh, uh, just like uh, Blockbuster, they always thought they were never going to fail and there was never a idea what to help right. make it. Nothing better. else is going to beat this. Yeah. Well, the only distinction is you can have a, uh, interaction with the with whatever the product you're trying to buy right there. Instead of having you wait a couple of days, it gets to your house, you try it on, done fit. I can send it back a couple of days later. You right, you're right there. You walk out with it. I think that's, that's their only real advantage at this yeah. point. You could feel the product, see the product. Well, in New Jersey, uh, Governor Phil Murphy signed into a bill, a, 
a law that will expand the number of liquor licenses available for shopping malls. Banking on a course that maybe you'll come shopping if you can also get uh, a CC and Coke. I mean, it couldn't hurt, but also could be really bad, too. Oh, uh, how so? I mean, you already hear enough uh, mall shootings or robbings or uh, flash mobs or whatever that. So just imagine you're on your third or fourth Jameson Wander in the mall and all of a sudden a flash mob. People come to rob stuff. Oh, you're going to hit somebody. With my fist? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm more concerned uh, about getting, you know, enough beers in you that, or cocktails or whatever, that you end up buying ridiculous, stupid things. That also true. <laughs> this is solar-powered air fryer, sir. <laughs> How long are going to be the days of, uh, oh, was it? Birkenstone, or what, what was that, that one store? Uh, 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 Brookstone. Yeah, Brookstone. That's it. Yeah. That was just a store, a bunch of the gadget, gadget that you, you could get in the, you, you read about in the Southwest Airlines yeah. uh, magazine. But, I mean, thing. how often do you actually see anybody buy anything out of that? You got a bunch of drunk people wandering through, yeah. and they're like, I do need this $5,000 yeah. massage chair. Yes, either a, a $10,000 <laughs> massage chair or uh, a, a, a tiny little compass and a keychain for a buck ninety nine. That's or, what you got there. You know, a solar powered alarm clock, which yeah. doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, oh. Anyway, it, 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 sadly, uh, I guess as I I get older, my bladder shrinks. I got old man bladder, uh, which I've always had a pretty small bladder. But then I'm thinking, when I'm thinking, okay, yeah, beer at the mall. You go in there, you grab a beer, you walk out of there, you go shopping. And I'm like, ah, the whole time I'm going to be looking for a bathroom. The mall bathrooms are the worst. The way at the end of every, you know, you got a mall that branches out three, four ways. The bathrooms are always way on the end. And it's always in a, like a weird winding corridor. Yeah. And smells like they haven't been washed in years. You can smell baby diapers mm-hmm. getting changed. <laughs> Better off just peeing in a corner in a mall nowadays. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it'll save them. Uh, that's the only reason. I mean, they have they have states have different uh, ways they distribute, uh, and, and some states limit liquor licenses. Uh, this one is based on the area that it's in, if, and if it's beer and wine, or if it's beer and wine and liquor. Um, but in places like California, they're they're tapped out on liquor licenses. If you want one, you got to go to an auction <clears throat> and buy one. That, you know, could be a million bucks. But the only reason they're opening up the the lottery in New Jersey is to make some room. And I don't know, is it going to be like if, if you put an Applebee's there, they can sell beer? or More probably be like a bar a in the food court. bar. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. Which I, I could use that. You could use a bar in a food court. But you've got to have sensible pricing. You can't have a football NFL stadium pricing for you know for a beer and a, and a shot of whiskey. Or you, know, like you have to have wacky cocktails. Like theme parks and theming cocktails. Yeah. You can go to the mall for that specific thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, when we return, our buddy Movie Man Mike will join us. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. WFYY HD3 Windermere. WXUS HD3. W266DY Tonellan. WZLB Valparaiso. Florida Man Radio.
On Friday's Movie Man, Mike joins us to review and chat about uh, entertainment, new stuff coming out, old stuff. Uh, you could read his reviews uh, in Newsmax Magazine at thefederalist.com and Epic Times as well. Mike, what's going on, brother? Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good. Doing well. Can't wait for the weekend. I might tiptoe down to Orlando tomorrow and check out this uh, smoker event. Sounds Let me good. tell you, this place, Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions, is like, uh, it, it, it's, it's, I get the same feeling when I walk in there that I get when I walk in like Morris Family, like Morganic Meats, and I see all the meat cases and stuff. It's like, it's, it's just an amazing place. It's, you're going to want to grunt like an animal there. And you can register <laughs> to win a $3,400 Yoder smoker. It's really beautiful. Well, piece I will of, be doing that exactly. Beautiful uh, piece of equipment. Easy mentioned uh, Strangers on a Train. Uh, that is exactly the title that uh, he was thinking of. And it was released in 51. Uh, a Hitchcock movie. Excellent, excellent movie. Uh, and they remade it in 1969. Not quite as good. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't, recall, I don't remember. I don't think I saw it. Uh, the the uh, I mean, I've seen the uh, Hitchcock version of it years and years and years ago. But I haven't right. seen the remake. Uh, yesterday you mentioned this Richard Simmons movie. And how he's uh, pissed off that he didn't get uh, permission for it or whatever. Right. He doesn't have he doesn't have that right. He can he, you can make a movie about anybody. Right. Uh, he can't halt the production of a film. I mean. Yeah, but but, but it, it, it behooves you to have the that person's blessing, <laughs> right? I guess that would help. I mean, but uh, Oliver Stone made a movie about George W. Bush while Bush was in office. True. Uh, so you don't really need anybody's permission, uh, and I I agree with you. I think Paulie Shore is a perfect choice to play that part. Brilliant! It's brilliant. I get, I can't wait to see it. Okay, the first movie. Uh, this is a kind of science future, maybe not science fiction. It's called ISS, which stands for International Space Station, and there are three Americans and three Russians on the space station. Two two men on each team and one woman on each team. Uh, about twenty minutes into the movie, World War Three starts on Earth. Oh wow! Russia and the United States start nuking each other and all of their allies. The view from space just shows all of these explosions going down on Earth. And within a couple minutes, both teams get instructions from their overseers to take control of the space station by any means necessary. Wow. So you have elements of failsafe from 1964, uh, 2001, Space Odyssey, Alien, and Gravity, all going on in this very tightly quartered uh, place in space, and how these people play chess with each other Mentally, you know, they are, they all know what's going on down on they Earth. They all know what's going on, but they don't want to be the first to tip their hat. And because there's a romance going on between a member of the American team and a member of the Russian. Oh team. yeah. So the Sweet alliance Russian poontang. <laughs> uh, so the alliances don't always line up nation against nation. So there's a lot of twists in it. And I thought it was uh, a phenomenal movie, and I'm surprised at how much grief it's getting from the critics. It's only at 60%, uh, and the audiences haven't haven't weighed in on it because it started last night. A solid four out of five stars for me. What's the name of it again? ISS. Oh. And uh, the lead 
it was an ensemble cast, but the lead female is Ariana DeBose, who is uh, who won an Oscar last year for The West Side Story. And this is miles away from The West Side Story. Yeah, Theater release? Uh, theater release, yes. Uh, Shannon, have you ever liked a musical act or singer that you didn't really want to admit to in public because people might think you're square? A musical act or a singer? Um... I mean, I have those, uh, you know, those moments, your, your guilty pleasure where a song comes on the radio and you got to roll your windows up before you turn it up because you don't want people to hear you jamming on it. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I had that with the Carpenters and there have been a lot of documentaries made since Karen Carpenter's death in 1983. Uh, but this one is the best of a lot and it's called Karen Carpenter starving for perfection <laughs> and which is, you know, kind yeah. of a cruel, cruel title. But for people who don't know, the Carpenters had a slew of singles in the 70s, and she was one of the first people publicly publicly identified as having anorexia nervosa, Yeah, uh, which gave her a heart attack, and she died at the age of 32. A badass jazz drummer. She was she, a very accomplished drummer. She was a great drummer, and... Uh, I I was just overwhelmed by this movie. It it, it really cut to the bone. It, there's interviews with Carney Wilson, Suzanne Summers, Olivia Newton-John, who both have died recently, uh, Carol Burnett, uh, and it's a pay-per-view uh, production. It's sixteen dollars and twenty-four cents. I don't know why that's the price, but that's the price. And you can see it at watch.eventive.org. And I'll have this all up on the my Twitter page when we're done. But highly, highly recommended. Four out of five for me. A hundred percent critics. No audiences yet. And again, it's called Karen Carpenter, starving for perfection. Bring him to me. This is a a crime thriller. Um, kind of interesting. It was uh, it's set in Boston, but it was filmed in Australia for some reason. That's weird. And it stars Barry Pepper. As a driver. Oh, yeah, I saw. He's got like a big beard, long beard. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And he's got to take one of his partners in a in a crime holdup to his boss because the uh, the other guy screwed up. The The take was 25000 short. So not only do they have to report back to the people who are paying them, they have to evade the, the guy he stole from in the first place, who's played by Sam Neill. So it's uh, kind of a cat and mouse thing. Luckily, they don't spend all the time in the car. And Barry Pepper has to decide whether to believe this guy or not. So it, it'll keep you guessing all the way through. And it has an ending that could lead to a sequel. I don't know why you would want a sequel to it. It's 90 plus minutes and it gets the job done very well. You know, not... Totally memorable. I don't think I'd ever watch it again, but I like seeing it just once. It's a three out of five for me. Seventy-five percent critics. Nothing yet from audiences, and that is in theaters. From Bring Him to Me, we go to Which Brings Me to You. Hmm. This is a ro romantic comedy, an R-rated romantic comedy, with uh, with a lot of drama in it as well. And it stars Lucy Hale and Nat Wolf as uh, two people who meet at a wedding. And the first thing she says to him when they're drinking at the bar, she goes, uh, the first thing I saw, I thought of when I saw you was having sex in the coat room. <laughs> That's her opening line to this guy. 
and they have a fumbling in the uh, closet. It doesn't go as well as they would like. And they spend 24 hours talking about their past romantic relationships and why they didn't work. And what's really cool is she'll describe some guy she went out with and a situation, and they'll have the setting for her and this guy, an older guy, in the movie breaks away from the action, and she's describing what's happening, and the guy she's trying to screw is in the room. They're, they're, they're describing each other's uh, partners at the time. It's a really inventive, original way to present a story. Uh, and again, it's R-rated. It's a very graphic language. It's not a typical, you know, rom-com. It's not. Uh, it's not uh, single in uh, whatever sleepless in Seattle. No, it's not that. So it's it earns its R rating, and I thought it was quite quite good. Uh, three and a half out of five for me. Sixty-five percent critics, sixty uh, with audiences and theaters. Uh, again, which brings me to you. Uh, I really, really wanted to like this next movie, but I just there was too much going on that didn't work. It's called Role Play, and it stars Kaylee Cuoco. Oh yeah, and Dave- everybody's all excited about this because Role Play uh, suggests something sexual. Kaylee Cuoco quite hot, and they're like, yeah, I can't wait to see Kaylee Cuoco. <laughs> yeah, the Role Play thing does come into it. The sexual Role Play. Uh, she's married to David Oliello, and. Uh, they're tired of the kids. They want to get away, so they get a hotel room. She, they're going to meet each other in a bar under assumed identities, and she's going to get dressed up in a nurse's outfit, and that ends up getting torpedoed. Uh, the main plot of the movie is that her character, Kaylee Cuoco's character, is a international assassin, and the husband doesn't know it. In real, like, like that's not the role play. He, she really no, is. No, no, that's okay. not the role play. She okay. really is an assassin. All right. And if that sounds familiar, that's because the yeah. same exact thing happened in True Lies. Yeah. Uh, most recently, just last uh, fall, called The Family Plan with Mark Wahlberg. Same thing. He's trying to live a, a life, and he's dragged back into his old profession. And some of it was funny, and some of it was very violent. It's a hard, hard movie. Um, but if if... True Lies had never come out. This it would have played a lot better, but it's just so much of a copy of it that you, you can't escape, uh, escape the comparisons. They flip genders, but right. so what? Uh, two out of five for me. Twenty six percent critics, and this surprised me. Forty seven percent audiences. So nobody's liking it. Hmm. Uh, but you can watch it on Prime if you have a Prime account and give it twenty minutes if you'd like that. Stick with it all the way through. Another movie that rips off a couple of others is called Lift. And this is a Netflix movie uh, with Kevin Hart, where he leads a group of people that are kind of like Ocean's Eleven, all of these specialized criminals who do their part to do particular things in, in heists and whatnot. And <laughs> this job... They have to avoid jail by committing a crime for a law uh, law officer. Right then, it didn't make sense. Yes, you can escape jail, but you have to steal something for us first. All so right. they have to steal all this gold bullion on a, from a plane while the plane is in the air. So they're going to get on a plane, 
and have this other plane, you know, piggyback on the other plane, and then they're going to go into the big plane and take the gold, and none of it makes a lick of sense. But it looks good, and his crew is really cool looking. Uh, and it, it, the weird thing is it also resembles uh, The Italian Job, which was a 60s movie later remade in the 2000s with Mark Wahlberg again and Charlize Theron. Um, but it, it was just too preposterous to to swallow the whole plot. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm sure Kevin Hart got $20 million for it. Uh, probably. Um, and he's not really funny in the movie either. He's kind of the straight man. And everybody else gets all the comic lines. Uh, but it's on Netflix. You know, if everybody has a Netflix account. Check it out. Uh, two out of five for me. 29% critics. 32% audiences. Nice. Which is horrible. If, a, if an audience member watching a free movie on Netflix gives it that kind of score, you know it's not good. Also on Netflix, this... Uh, I respected the movie, but I kind of hated the person they were talking about. It's called BitCond. And it's a 90-minute documentary centering around around a guy named Ray Trapani, who founded this company called Centra Tech back in 2018. And it was it was a scam from the beginning. Uh, they made a fake, fake visa cards. They got all kinds of uh, investors to pony up billions of dollars to believe in this new currency system, which has since been debunked. And the Trapani guy is, or Trapani, is pretty much narrating the movie. And I'm like, okay, he got convicted for some doing something, and he's in a movie about him talking about himself and the crime that he committed. Did he serve his sentence, or? Uh, I don't want to give away what happens, but that irritated me even more what happens at the end uh he and two other guys were charged with multiple fraud um accusations and interstate commerce and all of this stuff and i respected the way they made it again it's a documentary it's only about 90 minutes long so there's no fat in it and the way it was made i liked it but the message it was sending was not like you can do all of this stuff and uh, maybe just get away with it if you know the right things to say. And yeah. right at the beginning, he says, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a criminal. Uh, and it exactly, rip off, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this guy is unlikable. He He's just thoroughly dislikable through the whole movie. Uh, but it's an interesting Thing to watch, especially if you've ever been approached by somebody trying to sell you Bitcoin or a variation of it, uh, run like hell. The graphic at the end of the movie said 78% of the companies that were involved in this wow. were fraudulent. Um, but again, it's uh, it's on Netflix. Three and a half out of five for me. 100% critics uh, and 67% with audiences. And most of the audience negative comments where, hey, they're glorifying this criminal. They're making him look like a sexy man about town. Uh, it's sending the wrong message. And I, I, I agree with a lot of those comments. Um, but again, that's on Netflix. It's called BitCond. Uh, there's a new series on Netflix, uh, dramatic series called The Brothers Sun, S-U-N. And I only saw the first episode. It's an eight-episode uh, limited series. 
and it stars Michelle Yeoh, who is the most recent recipient of the Best Actress Oscar. Um, and it's a, it's it looks like a Tarantino movie. Uh, she is the mother of two uh, adult sons. One she lives with in the U.S. who's kind of this ne'er-do-well who thinks he's funny and wants to have a career as a stand-up comic, but he's not funny. Her other son is living with their father in Taiwan, and the father, who is a uh, crime lord, gets assassinated, and the older son comes to the U.S. to protect the mother and this uh, unfunny second son. So there's a lot of uh, kind of Tarantino aside, you know, pop culture references. This is a Netflix series? Yeah, and it's a Netflix series, and I like the first episode. It set it up real well. Uh, I don't know long how long they can sustain this thing over eight episodes, um, but I just didn't have the time. But all of that, week. all of that, you just told us you could establish for the first episode. Yes. Oh, okay. Sounds interesting. Yes. So it does. It, it sets it up real well. I just don't know where it's going to go. I'm going to give it another try sometime this weekend. But I was just overwhelmed with content this week, so I could only squeeze one in. But that first episode, I did like three and a half out of five. 84% critics, 92% audiences. So everybody's liking it a little bit. Uh, another limited series that I wasn't able to watch all the way through, it's called True Detective Night Country. And this is the fourth season of this uh, HBO Max uh, anthology. Uh, and it's kind of like Fargo and American Horror Story where they change the cast every year. It's not it's never the same cast. Although with American Horror Story they did have duplicate duplicate cast in the first two seasons playing different characters. Uh Lady yeah, the Gaga first one was uh, oh uh McConaughey and uh Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. I thought that was a brilliant. I love that one. That was the second season. Yeah. Um so this one stars Jodie Foster. Wow. Who is if Clary Starling from the Silence of the Lambs wasn't working for the FBI, uh, she would have ended up as a sheriff in Alaska. And it's called Night Country because, as you know, for a number of months during the year, Alaska is pretty much dark. Yeah, twenty-two twenty-two hours a day. So they're they're out trying to serve uh, solve rather uh, a mass murder of six people who were found in a frozen lake and it's clear that they were killed elsewhere and brought to this lake and they're trying to figure out why uh the crime scene goes uh stale and they they start the series six years after the crime was committed so uh it was very wintry as you would expect in alaska lots of blue and gray and it it, it was unpleasant to look at it just wasn't visually appealing but she does a great job, as she always does, and I like the first episode enough to give it three and a half out of five. The critics at 93, uh, audiences at 69, and again, that's on HBO Max. Uh, I wrote a piece <laughs> this week for the Epic Times. They want to start doing reviews of streaming shows, and we decided to start with Yellowstone. So they, they said, you've seen the whole thing. Yeah, I've seen the whole thing. I've seen the spinoffs, everything. So I did this, uh, what I thought was a very good review. They put it at the top of the page. Oh. And the comments that I got on this review were scathing. Why? What's 
what's wrong with you? Why are you promoting some show where people are sleeping around, they're swearing, and they're killing each other? I'm like, well, that's the show. It's rated M.A. Right. Mature audiences. That's what happens. And they're like, why don't they make movies like John Wayne, you know, back <sighs> in the 30s and 40s? I said, Cowboys in the 30s and 40s were swearing and having sex and doing the same thing that they're doing. And killing and shooting, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was just really surprising. But we got a lot of views and a lot of comments. Um, but uh, it, it just blew my mind that people are like, oh, I, you're, you're really offending me with showing me all of this violent stuff. Well, well, you know, who are these? Well, why are they reading movie reviews then? I mean, you know. Well, the the, the Epic Times has a pretty conservative oh, yeah. base, and well, that's old you know. conservative. I mean, we we all know we're talking about uh, you know uh, fiction here, you know. Right. Um. Uh. But my editors loved it. They were very pleased with it. And um, again, if you want to read it, just go to the Epic Times and. Uh, Look it up, Michael Clark, uh, Yellowstone, a multiverse review. And I also go into do detail of the spinoffs and the future shows. I uh, heard a, a, a very interesting uh, analogy of the Sopranos series. You want to hear it? Sure. If you were to watch the Sopranos in reverse, it starts with a man enjoying a family dinner and ends with a man curing his anxiety issues with a family of baby ducks. Okay. I thought that was an interesting analogy. A lot of killing uh, in between, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm i still hoping there was an interview with David Chase that he did on a talk show this week. I put it up on my Twitter page. Uh, I still want that bridge project that goes from the end of uh, Many Saints to the start of The Sopranos. you got a lot of material to mine there. And again, uh, that just released 25th anniversary, five hours worth of new material. Uh, definitely worth checking out, which I still haven't because, you know, doing other stuff. Two throwbacks this week. Uh, dealing with a couple, like the crime movie that we talked about, Dillinger from 1973. Warren Oates stars as John Dillinger, who uh, was killed when he was 30 years old. And Warren Oates was 45 when he made the movie. So there, there's a little problem with that 45-year-old man playing a 30-year-old man. Right. But it was written and directed by John Milius, who was a screenwriter uh, and a, a conservative uh, in at a time when everybody was a liberal. He used to go on the Paramount lots with a with a with holsters and two revolvers on his hip. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. I, and playing the part. It, uh, yeah, it's also the uh, acting debut of Mamas and Papas singer. Michelle Phillips, it's she's very hot in it. Uh, I really like it. Very, very violent. All right. For a 1973 movie, uh, four out of five for me, 93% critics, 75% audiences, and that's on Prime and Apple. And finally, the, the movie that pretty much started the American New Way, Bonnie and Clyde, from 1967, where Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway play the title characters. And again, a very violent movie. Uh, especially for that time, uh, got nominated for a slew of Oscars, I think nine or ten. They ended up winning four. Uh, it, it pretty much broke Warren Beatty uh, into the big time. A solid five out of five stars oh, yeah, for me. A good movie. 90% critics, 88% audiences. And you can see that on Voodoo. 
Prime, and Apple. Uh, get Mike's hot sauce at brand twenty five peppers at aol dot com. You will be uh, uh, you'll thank me later. Read his reviews in Newsmax magazine at Epic Times uh, and at thefederalist.com. dot com. Uh, Mike, good to talk to you, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you tomorrow, buddy. Uh, you coming down? Yeah, I'm going to come down. All right, all right, brother. We'll see you then. Thanks, dude. Be good. Later. See you. All right. When we get back, we'll get to your remarks. Also, I, I don't understand the all the hoopla about women at the gym. You know, I've see, you see it in your feed. Like, uh, yeah, there's a mixture of it. There's the uh, the women that go in the tiny shorts and the cut yeah. tops, and they're like, "Oh, P- why are you looking, looking at, me? at me?" Yeah, it was because you're wearing booty shorts. Okay. I don't. And and men are the pigs. We're the pigs. Hang on, it's a Shannon Burke show on the Florida Man Radio Network. As a veteran, you get a lot of advice, but wisdom's harder to come by. A lot of people imagine themselves in our shoes without understanding the weight on our shoulders. The truth is, few can understand the pressure of finding your own way after serving in the military. But few isn't none. Steady yourself. You're not alone. You've got support. Learn more at maketheconnection.net. Hi, I'm Carson Kressley. Of all the resources in the world, kindness is the most precious. For more than 140 years, American Humane has been working to protect animals in disasters, on farms, on the silver screen, and in zoos and aquariums caring for the world's vanishing creatures. You can help too by making humane choices every day. Visit AmericanHumane.org for simple ways to build a more caring and compassionate world for all of us. As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. I'm LaToya Lucas, and I'm a veteran. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was going to make it. I had to learn to live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Just can't see the truth. 
killing us right in front of our face like it's cool, yeah, yeah. You don't like a country like that, you can move, yeah. Because they ran this story uh, about her cheating, banging the guy in the Cadillac Escalade. That'll show them. <laughs> I mean, everyone else has the story now, and other, I'm sure many outlets are going to run. Are you just going to ban every outlet that runs a story? No, just the first one. I mean, you really can't. Just you have to face it. It's out there now. Yeah, and then and uh, I don't know that NBC is going to report on it. Probably not. CNN, you know those, because uh, you know they're all in the bag. But you can't ban all of them. Just grin and bear it. She like lean into it and be like, "Yeah, I broke the axles on that Escalade. <laughs> I had the power seat replaced in that bad boy." <laughs> This phenomenon of gym behavior is, you know, their men are oh, disgusting. It's an insane problem that women are facing. It's reeks of misogyny. And, you know, I've seen a lot of these videos of women that show up in skin-tight booty shorts and start to engage in some type of exercise that puts their butt in, on display, and they're shocked that but someone looked at it. Not only that, they're filming themselves while they're right. doing it. Right, and they get mad that you're walking in the sh- in the shot, you know, or... Uh, I mean, the gym is, like, for everyone that, you know, has a membership, so... And I think there are more gyms now that they're banning you from being able to film in there, which they should. I agree. Yeah, it's stupid. Why would you do? Why are you doing it? Uh, it's supposed to be. I'm checking out my form. Yeah, I'm making sure I'm lifting properly. Uh, and women and they try to bust, and then they post the. You know, they're shocked that a guy looked at them while. First of all, they're doing this for uh, hits anyway. I mean, right? They're gonna they're influencers, or they want to be an influencer, and they want to show themselves in a position that makes that, that makes them look hot, and gets more or whatever. Right, yeah, more attention. I, I was at the gym for two hours doing squats with three pound weights, and in the third, in the midway through the first hour, the guy walked by and looked at my ass. Shame this guy. <laughs> that's, that's literally the problem. Now they don't feel they don't feel safe. Look, you're there to look good, right? This guy's not. I mean, a glance, a look, a, you know, uh, uh, is is one thing. He's not touching you and not saying anything to you. Uh, you're, you know, you're obviously there because you care about your body. And this is a guy that's admiring, probably admiring it as much as you are. Yeah. And if they're not harming you, uh, the guy looked. If he comes by and he, he keeps coming by, like, yeah. hey, I was, you need to open lift. Yeah, you, 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 we spot you. 
Yeah. Then, okay, yeah, that dude's a, a douchebag that's doing stuff. But if a guy walks by and takes a look because you're wearing uh, Lululemons that are see-through when you do squats, <laughs> I'm sorry. They can't help it. It's just, it's weird. It's it's akin to me to the woman who's upset that you look down, you have a conversation, you look down at her breasts, and she had to say, my eyes are up here. Meanwhile, you've got double Ds with a plunging neckline, and, you know, yeah. I could uh, set a drink on your cle- on your, on your rack. $20,000 set of Diacos on there right. that you paid for. That's, you want to... Look, if you don't want to be stared at at the gym, wear baggy uh, workout, uh, you know, sweatpants. Guys are still going to look at you. (laughs) I've got news for you. (laughs) Um, I guess the world just realized that Green Day is a uh, left-wing band. Just now? I guess. That's all the news I read about them, that... Suddenly, people seem to remember that they're kind of a political band, you know. They don't recall, I don't want to be an American idiot, that type of thing. Uh, they said their new, their new album is going to enrage the MAGA masses and Elon Musk. Because Elon Musk uh, said on X, Green Day goes from raging against the machine to milk-toastedly raging for it. <laughs> Urged them to stay out of politics. Yeah, there's, you know, nothing says punk rock like being on with Jimmy Fallon in a subway doing a concert. Yeah, yeah. what is that all about? They're, they need to get, they're about to open a new album and they needed some uh, publicity. So, yeah, real punk rock doing New Year's Eve and, you know, Dick Clark's rocking New Year's Eve and then following yeah. up with a subway concert with Jimmy Fallon. That's about as machine as you can get. Mainstream. Maybe they've, uh, maybe they're out. I mean, were they were they celebrated on? I mean, they were a, a, a protest band, right? Uh, kind of. They they a lot there's a lot of anti-American always, stuff in there. They've always been a kind of a pop punk band. I mean, some of their music's okay. A lot of it, it's not been good for a while, honestly. Um, kind of the same with uh, Rage Against the Machine. I mean, they were hot rock rage band. The next thing you know, they got a vaccine mandate at the concert. Hmm. Hmm. We have uh, remarks to get to. Should we get to some more? We do. Yeah, we do. From the Florida Man Radio app, your best buddy. Great way to listen to the podcast of the program. Uh, they're posted nightly. Do we get the ghost of the machine out of there? Uh, I think so. Good. We haven't heard from anybody yet. Um, and I listen to the entire station. It's all on there. And at the bottom, there's a little uh, microphone button. It's better than calling the station. Just stay. We ask you to stay on topic and don't be a dick. It's uh, powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats. Uh, I'm curious when the rules change for Star Trek guy. Uh, he just keeps blabbering on and on and on when the rest of us are trying to play by the rules. Yeah, see if you've all upset. If you called it 458 and the left one, uh, you didn't do it right, it's blank. We did not censor you. Breaking news. Donald Trump offers Ron DeSantis coveted administration position spinning truck sign on busy street corner. <laughs> Story out of that. Twins are absolutely creepy. Um, I'm in my 50s, but I remember this day like I, it was yesterday. I, I'm in the sixth grade. It's uh, recess. I'm playing tennis ball with a twin. Him and his brother are albinos. 
and they're German. And I swung the tether ball. Oh my the God. kid missed it and it missed the catch. It blasted him in the nose. His brother's knees buckle and blood starts coming out of his brother's nose. But the kid that I hit, he was fine. Those are German experimenting uh, Nazi boomer kids. <laughs> he hit one guy and his twins' nose bled. Yeah, German those are Nazi experiments right there. <laughs> German albino twins. Yes, <laughs> we feels it all. My cousin had twin girls, and um, she was about when they were 14 or 15, she was cleaning the room and found a hidden cell phone. And apparently the one twin and her boyfriend had made elaborate plans to murder the other twin, like to the point where they were going to bathe in blood and things what? of that nature. Good Lord. Um, I think... I think the boyfriend's never getting out of jail, but I think she just got out of the insane asylum like a last year. Wow. I've never known a twin that I can think of. I have a niece and nephew that are fraternal twins, but. I always used to, growing up in uh, Jacksonville, going to school up there, they had the Pearson twins where it was a car dealership and he had, he always put his kids in there. Two, and they were identical twins. They were probably uh, at that time like six, maybe. Oh, uh, I had to put them in the commercials. Oh, they were they were creepy. Girls? Yeah. They literally looked like the Shining Twins. For, <laughs> they're like they're, uh, they got to be almost in their 30s now. Which is, Good Lord. I mean, I've heard of MILFs, but I ain't never heard of GILFs. I have. Hey, Shannon. Hey, the only reason that OnlyFans offered... Snoop Dogg that deal was because they couldn't get a Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav, I don't think would draw that kind of. Who knows? I don't know. I'm, I'm amazed he's still alive. Hey. Hey, Shannon T-Bone from Atlanta. I hope y'all are doing well. Uh, I think Paul Harvey said it best back in 65 with his If I Were the Devil uh, monologue. And just, that's what's on display in Switzerland. They're trying to take all of our rights, all of our freedoms, all of our ability to think for ourselves away. And you know what? If I were the devil, hell yeah, that's exactly what I'd do. Anyways, beat a beat y'all. Yeah, that thing's had a resurgence lately. It's yeah, good. The devil. yeah, it is really very good. I don't want to play it because everyone else in radio is supposed to play <laughs> Hey, Shannon. If uh, Snoop Dogg got a hundred million, I could hear Star Trek guy. No dong is worth a hundred million. <laughs> One million, yes, not a hundred million. That's yeah. just ridiculous. That's capitalism, and it's worse. Uh, what about okay. all the other guys with dongs that don't get a hundred million dollars? What about all the worker dongs on the lower levels? <laughs> uh. Hey, y'all, it's Matt. Back in the day when I lived up in San Francisco with the ex-wife, the Nordstrom, before it got ran out of town in downtown San Francisco, was like a three-story building. And uh, while wifey went shopping, there was actually a bar inside the Nordstrom up on the third floor. So I'd go up there and sit and have a couple scotch and sodas while she was out doing her shopping. Very convenient for a husband. Yeah, Nordstrom, the one in uh, L.A. that I went to, uh, had a baby grand piano player, and uh, they had a bar, but it's only beer and wine. We had that uh, those stores around Central Florida, the grocery stores, Lucky's, I think they were called. 
That you yeah. could you could buy a beer and a wine like well, as soon as you walked in the store and just walk with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a meat market that does that too. Yeah, they didn't last very long. No, two guys standing around. Like, okay, I'm gonna see. I'm trying to decide on a steak or a pork chop. Uh, do, how big is the Rice Krispies family size box? Is it, is it bigger than the regular size one? Where's your bathroom? Hey, BDT from Central Florida. Yeah, the death of the mall was what's known as the power center where you drive your car to the product you want. Academy Sports, you know, whatever right next is a fitness shop or whatever. Yeah, that's the death of the mall. All right. There we go. Yeah, I guess Movie Man Mike didn't hear about this one, but I heard they're doing a documentary on Buddy Holly, Big Bopper, and Richie Valens. The working title is It's Raining Men. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, man, that's cold. <laughs> I wonder what it's like having sexy time in space. It sounds like it could be interesting, maybe easy. Maybe not easy. I'm not sure. Maybe we'll get to find out. I'm sure that's been done. What do you think? Uh, uh, the official NASA statement is has never happened, uh, but we have had a, a husband-wife team that went up there that they apparently said they didn't know were husband-wife at the time. Really? Yeah, They. I guess they got married while they were still in training, and they wow. did not tell them that they were husband-wife. But uh, the official is that, uh, no, it has not happened. Has well, it they happened? did it. They are up there a long time. Fluids is the only thing I'd worry about. Well, they're more... And, and yeah. anti-gravity is no, you know... They're not sure if the egg will actually stick to there. Oh, yes, they had to test that, weird right? Weird mutant babies that'll come out of there. Yeah. And we've probably got... There's under. I would take a guess under the Kennedy Space Center, there's at least one mutant space baby. <laughs> oh, maybe they should open an exhibit at Kennedy Space Center... Well, you can have sexy time and record your experience. Like write it down. I mean, not for people to look at it, but just to learn. You know, get an education for the future. For the future of mankind. That could be the name of it. I know that you've, we've all seen them where they're uh, bungee corded to a treadmill mm -hmm. to keep them so they can run. It's it got to be a similar process. Uh, you know, uh, where you're, there's some uh, spring back deal. Well, they, when they're sleeping, they're like strapped to an upright board and already. Right. So it's, it would be basically uh, the same thing. Oh, okay, you, do, yeah. you go into the sex room and you both strap yourselves to the board and just loosen the straps a little bit. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, what's up, Shando? Easy, Heather, Sparky35 to you. Yeah, man, I was in a Walmart one time and I watched a girl and her boyfriend or her husband. He's carrying the baby, she's pushing a stroller. They were just filling the stroller up underneath the baby's bed full of stuff, man. I watched the cops get them, take them up to the front, and I guess she had like almost $500 worth of stuff in that baby stroller. That's why women with babies are stealing stuff right there. Be-doo, be-doo. She didn't run away and leave the kid, though. Yeah, they, they didn't learn step three, which is toss the baby. <laughs> no cops not uh, going to not catch a baby. You know, that... <laughs> <laughs> that's you gotta go down with the I threw my the, my baby to a cop he, he let it bounce right off him to run towards me 
I find it very strange that Kevin Hart is in a movie called Lift, huh? and it's not a comedy about shoes that make you look taller. I think Kevin Hart has reached that level where he'll just almost, I mean, he's making a ton of money. I'm not, I'm not begrudging him that. He's a very funny actor. But you, when you look at, like, uh, Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle's not... He take, doesn't have to. Done crappy roles, you know, goofball, buddy-buddy uh, movies and stuff like that. Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson was season one of True Detective. That's what I thought. That being said, I still give Movie Man Mike's segment an 80% with the listeners. <laughs> Damn, that's good. I thought it was the first one because that's the only two. one I watched. And then I got went to the other one. I'm like, well, I thought it was going to be the same dudes, you know? Yeah, because season one was the Alexandra Dario season, and that you didn't need anything else out. I need to go back and watch that again. Whoa. Uh... One time I was at the gym, a woman was wearing a shirt that said, I only do butt stuff in the gym. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, that is a good one. I just got a gym membership at the first of the year, and I started videoing myself, and I wear those Lululemon tight pants, and you won't believe the girls that stop and look at me. It's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> yeah, you don't see guys in there. I mean, wearing. I mean, maybe I'm sure they do, but it's not comfortable. Right. Yeah, man, this close. Green Day, man, they just want to be. They always have been. Uh, I tell you, Billy Joe Armstrong he ain't no Johnny Rotten, but he sure wish he was. Ever since they put out Webb, I kind of like Kerplunk. And then Dookie made a big splash. But after that, they hadn't put out Diddly Squat. I think they might. Well, they knew I was going to make Maga mad. Um, so like they say, you know, you always, you live long enough to see all your heroes become villains, you know, rage against the machine was my thing. And now I'm still raging against the machine and now they're just the machine. Yeah. Oh, great band. Hey guys, Sparky's open mic tip. When you're done with your open mic, you push submit, you push don't alert, wait for the orange tab up top on your phone to say, Open mic set, and it won't be bike. Be do be do. You're welcome. Good advice. Yeah, there's a store in Longwood, a delicatessen in a meat market that has keg kegs, and you can drink and walk around and shop. It's uh, right there off of 434. Yeah. By I4. Yeah. Be do be Love you guys. Ray out. It's Petty's. Yeah. Star Trek guy here. And Star Trek The Undiscovered Country was written and directed by Leonard Nimoy. He used to have a pet store in the San Fernando Valley. He sold monkeys and everything. <laughs> Anyways, there's a scene in it where a proton torpedo hits the Enterprise and it goes through the kitchen and you see the pots and the pans and the cook. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> hey, Shando, Sin City here. All right. So these bitches walking around in the gym with 
booty shorts and these thong leotards talking about, oh, this guy, look, he's looking at my ass. Let me tell you something. I'll be looking too, and I'm going to tell you something else. If you throw throwing that thing around just a little bit too much in front of me, I might even grab it. Oh, beedle, beedle. wow. There's a reason they make booty shorts. For booty. To enhance the booty. Thank you, Seneca. Look, if they want to study sex in space, why don't they send a couple up in the Vomit Comet, have them start boning right before they reach zero gravity, and then once they get to zero gravity, let nature take its course. See what happens. You got to start while you're in zero G. You can't, you know. I I mean, I don't... The people understand that whole getting to that weightlessness sucks. Like the, you, it's, it's very, very hard. fun for a little while, but if you got to live in it for a long time, it's yeah. A but real... also doing the vomit comet stuff, and then some of the other ones where they try to uh, pretend like you're, you know, like a gravitron thing. Right. You're not really thinking sexy time during gravitron rides. No, you're just like, oh, what the hell's yeah, going I'm on? Puke all over the place. Oh my god, I've got an interaction. What's going on here? <laughs> Blood's flowing in weird. That's spaces. funny that Easy brings up the uh, Alexander Daddario episode. Yeah, I've never actually watched the series, but I've watched that episode. Many times. Is that significant? Just Google it. The Alex, what remind me of the Alexander Daddario? Uh, she's a very, very hot blonde, blue eyed. Uh, she climbs up in Woody Harrelson's lap and takes her shirt off. Oh, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> That's funny. Green Day is power pop. They were never punk. Everybody knows. Power pop, huh? Those are the remarks for the entire week. Thank you for leaving them. Get the app. Uh, if you don't already have it, it's powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats. Well, it's come to the end of another week. We must take our last break. We'll come back to wrap it all up for you. <clears throat> it's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Having low income can mean making tough choices, choosing between paying for food or medication or a place to live is a reality for many people. Do you know someone who could use some extra help? Find out about the Supplemental Security Income Program, SSI, administered by Social Security. You could receive monthly SSI payments if your income and financial resources are low and you are 65 or older, or an adult or child with a disability or who is blind. SSI is money you can use to help pay for basic needs, like putting food on the table keeping the lights on, paying the rent. It can mean new shoes for growing feet or help with medical needs. Call 1-800-772-1213 or visit ssa.gov SSI to schedule an appointment or start to apply today. That's ssa.gov SSI. This message produced by Social Security at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm E.J. Williams for American Humane. For thousands of years, dogs have been our best friends in our worst times. Today, we're also learning that our best friends, millions of whom are abandoned each year, are often the best medicine when people are facing obstacles. To help both people and animals, organizations like American Humane have been working to harness the healing power of the human-animal bond, finding animals in need of forever homes and training them as a life-saving service and therapy dogs to help our veterans, the elderly, and children overcome the daily obstacles of life. In this way, the rescued 
can become the rescuers. To find out how you can help give animals and the people they help a new leash on life, <laughs> please visit AmericanHumane.org. Thank you again to Fort Walton Beach. We just found out we were number one in a different demographic. So. We love you. We're number one. Yeah, number one. If you are, this is Canada for you. If you are uh, visiting Toronto or anyone else, uh, this lady, uh, this dude, rather, went into uh, a Hilton hotel. We are staying to the restaurant there. And he ordered a uh, a burger. And the waiter took that order with no comment. And wait, waitress, waitress brought it back down. looked great. When I had my first bite, she brought out a release form. And so we always make sure our burgers are well done. But since you wanted it medium, you need to sign this. Uh, I mean, at that point, why would it be even an option? Why wouldn't the waiter have just said, sorry, we don't do medium burgers. They only do well done. Have you ever heard of anyone getting sick from ordering a, me- a medium rare bur- anything? No, not burger, not beef. Everything, every beef, I, if it's a burger or anything else, I get it medium rare all the time. Or maybe if it's a steak, I'll get it rare, a nice steak. But if it's a burger, medium rare. Uh, she, he said, I try to be nice, uh, <laughs> but I paid, <clears throat> uh, but I could not eat the burger. I mean, it's not fair because if you just signed a waiver, but if you get sick because you ate the lettuce that maybe has E. coli right. on it, or right. tomatoes, <laughs> the stuff that actually might get you sick. That is, uh, that is They say it's rare in Canada, but one guy says the restaurant's just trying to be clear that um, <clears throat> the onus of unsafe cooking practice doesn't fall on them. Waiver, my ass. That's why all our restaurants just put it on the bottom. What? Oh, say uh, eating of undercooked meats is uh, not. Uh, yeah, or oysters if yeah. you're pregnant or whatever. All right, that's it for us for the week. Thank you for a great, great uh, week of radio. Thank you, Easy. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Thank you to this uh, audience. Have a great weekend. We'll be back uh, Monday, three Eastern, two Central. Bob the Love Sponge starts the the network off in the morning, and then Don Miller. The funniest guy on your radio. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday on the Florida Man Radio Network. I'm Shannon Burke. Have a great night.